Kip's not Michael, Kip. Be careful, Michael. I'm not Michael. <laughs> Shut up, fool! It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Vint with their views as we deploy Operation Retroshock. Hello everyone and welcome. Let's start again. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 19. And ladies and gentlemen. That is why I do the intro. I give him the opportunity, and he messed it up. I am Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... Episode 19. Chris Vint, hello! Or, in other words, Chris Vint. Yes. Spit that out again, Chris. No, I don't want to. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19. I can't really say anything, because I was as bad in the early days, and still... I just think, Alan... The Christmas episode will be episode 20. And we have something to announce about the Christmas episode as well. At the Do end I? of the show. <laughs> I'm forgetting. You always forget. I'll tell you during break. <laughs> during break. Whenever we don't have any King's Mill bread because they didn't send us any. I am extremely, extremely disappointed to announce to everybody that uh, Operation Retroshock is no longer able to continue because we weren't sent any so tonight, instead, uh, Operation Retroshock is sponsored by Jelly Babies, the gelatin babies that you can put in your mouth and eat. Mm. <laughs> As Chris pops on in his mouth. A jelly baby, that is. A jelly baby? A jelly baby. Um, shall we tell everybody what we're doing on episode 19 of the show? Nah, there's no point, really. Why's that? I don't know. Please explain. <laughs> because the last time we said we were going to be doing Transformers, Robots in Disguise, and we decided not to do Transformers because we decided to do two TV and two movies. Yes. And even though Transformers is TV and movies, we thought we could dedicate an episode to Transformers like we did with Thundercats. Thundercats? Thundercats, yes. That'd be right, Potato Thundercats. This, is this a new... Uh type of Thundercats where they're all in like the Arctic or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Thundercats? Thundercats, aye. They all be a bit chilly. A bit chilly, aye. Bad, bad kitty. <laughs> okay, you're weird. Okay, so our first subject of the evening is... This next event. This next event <laughs> is uh, Toy Story... That sounded like an animal dying. <laughs> it was. It was Rex dying. 
he's a dinosaur, he doesn't sound like that. <laughs> no, well, he doesn't sound like a dinosaur should sound. So I have to blow my nose. That's nasty. But yeah, our yeah, first uh, subject off the show is going to be Toy Story. Uh, no particular reason why we decided to do this, or was it? Yes. Oh, sorry, tell a lie. I tell a lie. You do tell a lie. You liar. I tell a lie. Liar, liar, pencil fire. This year marks its fifteenth anniversary. Yeah, and, and there, and Jurassic Park uh, has an anniversary as well. I think it's the same, or it's like later. It's like twenty years or something. <laughs> Wrong whatever um, but yeah Toy Story simply because 15 year anniversary and the fact that Toy Story 3 came out in cinemas this summer and I haven't seen it yet well you may get it for Christmas but not from me <laughs> oh, <lovely. laughs> if anyone wants to send me Toy Story 3 send an email to ventoman at popculturenetwork.com to get my email and, uh, to, to get my address to send it to send it to Chris as Chris Vint and his Christmas present at popculturenetwork.com that's correct <laughs> all gifts graciously received this is the decision received especially jelly babies <laughs> jelly baby um, so yes Toy Story is the first subject as a flick over page our second subject is probably a pretty bigly request bigly <laughs> bigly bigly bigly, bigly. bigly. Um, <laughs> carry on, carry on, carry on. I know, carry on though. Is uh, the A team? I'm not doing the music since the last time. Apparently, I sound like something died. Go on. No, don't want the music. No, I don't want to. Do the noise. <laughs> no. Do the noise. And <laughs> maybe later. Okay. That's later. Well, A team again, not because of an anniversary or anything like that, but the simple fact of there was the remake and movie this year so we thought we would go back we will talk about the old one we will talk about the new one I'm probably more well versed in the old one than I am because I, again I haven't seen the film because I don't watch movies I just watch TV I'm watching a lot of Doctor Who because I Chris is poor and he spent all his money on He-Man figures <laughs> and Doctor Who DVD that's because Operation Retroshock we have an announcement to make at the end of the show regarding February's Operation Retroshock so two announcements at the end of the show? That's right. You do one, I do the other. Okay. Because I can't remember what the other one is. Okay. Um, but yes, A-Team is the second subject. Third subject is going to be... Chris. Yes? Would you please? Oh, I'd have to turn the sound on. <laughs> yes, go ahead, Chris. Shut up. Really, all you have to do is look at the monitor. Yeah. The talking car... Is back. I'm in pursuit mode! I know. <laughs> My name is not Michael. <laughs> okay. But as you can probably guess from that, ladies and gentlemen, our third subject of the show is <gasps> going to be. <laughs> what was that? No, because I found something that I can do. Is the on. one and only Night Rider. With David Hasselhoff, the man, myth, legend, whenever he's not drunk. <laughs> Easy. Um, and our final subject of the evening slash show slash whatever time you're listening to this. That one was actually half decent. <laughs> Do it again. No, it wasn't as good. Uh, it's Jurassic Park. 
<laughs> uh, we gave that away kind of earlier anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah Sorry, cool. John Williams, for massacring your yeah, awesome you work. You should be ashamed. I am ashamed. I'll hang my head in shame. Now I'll lift it back up because then I get tired. Okay. So, uh, shall we go to the break and come back? Uh, do we have to go to the break and come back? Because then we have to go go to the break, come back, we're back, din, 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 and all that jazz. What are you talking about? It looks like you're doodling. What are you doodling? Derv- I'm, what? I'm derveling? <laughs> He's derveling, yes, indeed. So, hopefully, whenever you're listening to this, you're all sort of for your Christmas period, and you've all got your Christmas presents. And don't forget, if you need any presents, why not head over to the Pop Culture Network store and buy a present and send them to your loved ones? Why not ask nightly, and they may be able to wrap them for you? What does that say? Yes, I know. I don't know how to say that top name, though. What? You don't? (laughs) I don't know how to say the last name. You don't... Right... You're a big Star Wars fan, and you don't know how to say that name. It's like it's Irvin Kirshner. Yes. That's okay. And why have you mentioned that name? Because, sadly, the man who directed one of the best films ever made... And my favourite Star Wars film. Um, sadly passed away. Um, whilst we were recording this, when was this? On Monday? So that was yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday, yes. Um, so, um, unfortunately, we've lost another great, um, and... Thankfully, The Empire Strikes Back um, has, well, it was his 30th anniversary this year, mm-hmm. so it's lived on 30 years, it'll probably live on even longer, and another man's films who will live on because they're just so damn good is Leslie Nielsen, who also sadly passed away on Monday there. Uh, Leslie Nielsen was great in the likes of The Naked Gone 1, 2 and 3, Dracula Dead in Love in It, Spy Hard, near enough anything that was hilarious, you could normally find him and Scary Movie as well, number three, if memory serves. And he's going to be in Scary Movie 5 that is coming out soon, so he will live on in that aspect oh, as well. Very good. very good. But yes, this episode is dedicated to those <laughs> two fantastic gentlemen, because Indeed. we're a retro show and they've been involved in many retro things that we know and love, and no doubt we'll probably do a few of Nielsen's films down the line. Oh, you have to. We'll do like you're, a, con- you're a very big fan of his. Yes, his films are awesome. So a lot of people were saying, Sh- you know, don't call me Shirley, whereas I decided to say cigarette. Yes, it is. Like or uh, can I take, is that your coat? Yes, it is, and I have the receipt to prove it. <laughs> Which is <laughs> an awesome line. Um, but yes, so we will come back after the break, and we will then talk about Toy Story, Woody, Buzz, and all the little people, such as Slinky and Rex and other things, and Ham and... We're, well, we're not Mr. talking Potato about... Head, don't forget him. Yeah, we're not talking about, like, Brappa the Rapper, Thin Slice Ham, or, you know, Slice Ham like that. We're talking about Ham, because he, he'd be a pig, and he'd be called Ham. What you looking at, you hockey puck? Oh, that's because you're Picasso? Yes. I don't get it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, jo- we'll join ourselves after the break, because we'll be here, but we're not doing jigsaw puzzles, so we'll not join anything. But you could join us after the break, whenever we come back and talk about Toy Story. Why am I, why am I talking like I'm drunk? I'm not drunk. See you after the break. Break! You're listening to a podcast on PopCultureNetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys, comic books, video games, and all the things you love. 
And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to popculturenetwork.com and click on store. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retro Shock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on popculturenetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on popculturenetwork.com. Sergeant? Yes, sir. Establish your recon post downstairs. Code red, repeat. We are at code red. Recon plan, Charlie. Execute. Move, 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 move. It's a... It's a big one. Walt Disney Pictures presents a totally new animated motion picture event. Star Command, come in. Do you read me? The story of two toys. Ooh, there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah. Headed for a showdown. My name is Woody... This is my spot. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. You are a child's plaything. You are a sad, strange little man. And playing by their own rules. Draw. Fuck me again. I don't like confrontations. Buzz, look an alien. Where? You're mocking me, aren't you? Wingspan. Very good. <laughs> oh, what? What? You can't fly. Yes, I can. You can't. Can. Can't. 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 This holiday season, the adventure takes off when toys come to life. To infinity and beyond. Toy Story. Look out! Can. Remember what your old past said, you got a friend in me. I have to do it every time. Oh. <sighs> well, the, the last episode would have me going, I'm back, and better than ever, got to knock Eric Brush off. Yes, it did, because remember uh, listening to that. Although, having said that, having listened back to episode 18, I don't remember recording half the stuff. I must have been on Another word Chris is saying when he records episodes of Operation Retroshock, he's high. Jeff Hardy, he meant my supplier. So me speaking of Jeff Hardy, he was a bit random in the video with Matt Hardy. But I haven't been watching any of that. Oh, I, I didn't watch it, but I read the reports, and it's not looking good. They'd be a bunch of crazies. <laughs> um, but something that's not crazy. <laughs> something that is not crazy is... Toy Story! But our prices on Toy Story merchandise are crazy, crazy, crazy! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! 
original Buzz Lightyear toys did not have enough produced to meet demand. No, short-sighted retailers did not stock enough Buzz Lightyear to meet demand. I wasn't demand. going to go flipping line by line there, Chris. I was just trying to get the general gist of it. Well, I went line for line. Well, then fine, go ahead. Line for line. Is that right? So you know Barbie's lines off by heart and Toy I Story do, too? yes. Just you go there. Mm. Radio. <coughs> well, I suppose first of all we have to touch on the fact that this was the first ever feature-length CGI movie in the history of all the times. And what does CGI sound for? In case people aren't aware. Computer graphics something or Computer-generated images, I think. Generated something like that, yeah. Yes. Computer graphics is what CGI sounds yeah. like. Computer graphics. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's that forever? I don't know. Computer <laughs> graphics, I don't know. Computer graphics. Computer graphics in it. <laughs> in it. <laughs> computer graphics in a computer in it. That's Indeed. Not, that's not, that's no, that's, that's not be like guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was the first CGI film in history of all times, which is pretty neat because the fact <laughs> of the matter is that CGI up until this point was pretty darn dire. Yeah. And even the guys at Pixar nowadays admit that if you kind of look back <coughs> at this, Toy Story 1, it's pretty dire. It, do, it looks it. rough, but then... In comparison to the new stuff, but yeah. still, at the time, it was completely... Yeah, but dark. everything has to start, start somewhere. You know, like, right, for example, we've been watching a lot of Doctor Who. You look at some of the older episodes, like we've been watching one there now, but John Pertwee, he be the man, John Pertwee. And... And uh, and um, it just like you know, you look at back at it, you know, like it's forty years old. And you look at the graphics, you go like, "Whoa!" But that's because you're used to getting all these George Lucas CGI bonanzas, really. Yes, that is. Or really Avatar. Avatar be in your face. Like <laughs> <laughs> be like, like in your face. It'd be like big blue Smurfs. <laughs> oh, then there's the white hat. Yeah. Papa, Papa Smurf? Smurf. Papa Smurf? I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, Chris. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, especially nowadays, like it still, it looks, it looks not bad. The toys look okay, but whenever you see the likes of Sid and Andy and Andy's mom and stuff. It's like round heads. <laughs> you're like, whoa. In comparison to three, like three is you know, was such an advancement and when it comes to that. But, but even uh, 2 really was. 2 was good as well. Um, but thing I liked about it is that they went back, and this is this is the great thing about CGI movies, is um, when the Blu-rays for 1 and 2 came out, I went out and bought them. On a buy one, get one free in Tesco, that wasn't officially advertised. Ha ha! <laughs> beat that, Disney. Um, he didn't you? <laughs> no, not really. Um... But Pixar were able to go back, and they did, yes, they did an update, you know, the likes of the look of the humans or anything like that, but because it was a computer, you know, they were able to, re- you know, completely regenerate the movie. Uh-huh. They had the baseline and all for it, but what they did is they regenerated it on modern computers and to modern definition, you know, high definition. So it's very much like in the same sense as whenever, again, George Lucas, he'll be a feature of this story, and <laughs> um, whenever he releases number five or six of Star Wars and then, you know, you know, like a fifth or sixth edition, mm-hmm. you know, the special edition because he's got the set, he's got the, um, 
the video footage and then he like cleans it up and stuff mm-hmm. you know the negatives and yeah. cleans them up and then brings them out and then the image is a lot sharper it's, well, that's, just, that's really the general gist of what they do. Like, is uh, they did it with Back to the Future, and they're doing it now with Star Wars, and then rumored also eventually in the future Indiana Jones, and supposedly he wants to do Indiana Jones in 3D, which is a wee bit. Mm, I don't know, but uh, it's <coughs> a as long as they're doing the last one on 3D, that'd be horrific. Um, that's for another day. Uh, <laughs> but CGI, it's a lot easier to do so. So it is, and it makes it a lot nicer and crisper image to it. Because I remember going to the cinema to see the first one again uh, in 3D, and it was pretty cool because again it was the updated version. Um, but besides, obviously, you know the graphics getting upgraded and all recently, uh, with it being a feature-length movie, there hadn't been <coughs> many of many a CGI film over maybe five or ten minutes by this stage because obviously Pixar always does their wee you know yeah animated shorts open shorts and all yeah. that um, and they'd obviously before Toy Story was released done like I think it was like the Tin Man or something like that but most famously the Pixar Lamp yes uh, was it Lamp and Son or something like that something along those lines no idea oh or is it Luxo Junior Luxo Junior I think it is um, which is the lamp and then a baby lamp oh Chris Manchester United just got scored on um, by West Ham. West Ham, yes. Um, Boo! Not, not football results up in the background. Sorry. Boo! <laughs> but uh, likes of these wee videos, you know, they're only about five minutes long. So to go from five minutes to what was it? I think maybe Toy Story was probably probably about call it about yeah, seven, eighty minutes. I'd yeah. probably say about eighty minutes, um, including the credits. Um, it was a pretty big deal. Because I'm trying to think, was it said? Was it something like? On modern computers, it's a lot easier to generate, but in those times, it's nearly like the equivalent back then to doing Toy Story was like the equivalent of what it is now to do Transformers. Well, I would have said that, obviously, one thing that would have been hard to do would have been Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, yes. because then you had... You had real life music. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with Mary Poppins, you know, because it's not all, you know, based with um, cartoon but characters, but... Who framed Roger Rabbit obviously used the very much the same technique in that yeah. the animators would go over the original film cells. Yeah, but then it's a lot technology moves forward, you know, so it's a case of, you know, things are a lot easier to do now, especially on our computers than they were, you know, like say back then whenever Toy Story was released. Because for example, we wouldn't be able to do this ten years ago. We wouldn't be able to record a podcast on a laptop. So we would have had to have had like one of the wee dictaphones and be like I'm commenting, so I'm talking like this, and then I'd be like, yeah, take the dictaphone, I'd be like, pass it over. I actually have two dictaphones, so if all the technology burns, we can still do it, but we can't upload it. We can't it. upload it, nobody listen. we just listen back to it. We distribute on little tapes. <laughs> little tapes, just send your address to us. Uh, I don't know why, because then all the technology would be burned, so it would be all just advertising yeah. the newspaper. Um, Alan, Alan's telephone number is 0870. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> 0906. But yeah, it's a case of the technology that was needed for. Uh, are we still in the first point here? Yeah, we are, and uh-huh. actually, this is quite good. I'm looking, I'm enjoying this. Um, <laughs> so the technology that was needed for this Toy Story is effectively the sort of computing power in relevance to Transformers now. So it is in the sense that uh, I think what was I? Was it they said that one computer for Transformers would take like a trillion years or something to fucking do like one scene of Transformers and but 
you have to believe and wonder how the hell they managed to get away with yes Toy Story isn't as graphically advanced but at the time you know when it was getting developed it was 1994 obviously the film was released in 1995 mm-hmm. 1994 yes it may seem like oh well it's only you know that was only 16 years ago but the sheer advancement in technology in these last you know this yeah, last did, decade of did time. we have mobile phones in 1994 yes were they readily available no, in 1994? They they yeah, they were, the, they were the Zach Morris Saved by the Bell they were, phones. They were your mobile phone that is actually part of your suitcase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, technology leaps and bounds above what it was in 1994. Um Anyway, moving on to our second point is... A nice and simple point is the fact that Pixar even though this was an unknown entity at the time were able to assemble a hell of a cast for yeah. this obviously Tom Hanks and then Tim Allen mm-hmm. were obviously Woody and Buzz but then you also were able to get to you know John Ratzenberger yeah, Ratzenberger which is pretty much he's a staple now he's kind of like Pixar's lucky master but <laughs> yeah. he always does a voice in every Pixar movie yeah. now mm-hmm. um which they made a joke about at the end of the first Cars movie in 2006, that uh, they were like a wee movie theater, driving movie theater, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of carized, so to say, Toy Story, um, Monsters Inc., Bugs Life, yeah, and they had whoever he was—he was playing Mac in, in Cars. Um, he was a truck, and he was sitting there in the driving movie, commenting on, "Hey, this guy's a brilliant actor," and all that sort of stuff. But then, by like the fourth time, he was like, "Hey, these cheapskates—they're using the same guy." <laughs> um, so he was a staple off it. But then, also in Toy Story, you can't forget the likes of Potato Head and all that sort of stuff. Um, the uh, actor's name—not actor, sorry—comedian's name has slipped my tongue for the meantime. But he's a really kind of—Are you talking about the guy who voiced Slinky? That no, died? No, 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 that's... Ernest? Ernest. Yeah, and he died. I'm talking to the guy who voices Potato Head. He did, he did uh, Dud. Uh, <laughs> did a long-running comedy show in Las Vegas. But that's why you see in Toy Story that it was... Like, the, you know, what are you looking at, your hockey puck? <coughs> one of his catchphrases. Oh, all right. So that's Didn't why know that. So was. But obviously, um, Hanks saw what they had in mind. Mm-hmm. Really, really loved it. So, so much so that he put a lot of effort into it. Hence, why would he look so much like him? So, is Buzz not so much like Tim Allen? But you couldn't have Buzz really looking like Tim Allen, or it wouldn't really work as well, I think. <laughs> Whereas Tom Hanks, you can't imagine as a cowboy, yeah. you know, a sheriff. Mm. Um, but then, obviously, Buzz meets the space man. Look, a cool guy. I don't know why Buzz doesn't talk. <laughs> Buzz, I come from space. I talk like this. I talk like this. I am special man. I fly through the air. Santino Morella. Santino Morella. <laughs> but uh, I think the interesting point to make on this is, and it was something you told me, was Billy Crystal mm-hmm. actually turning down Buzz because he didn't realize what it was. You know, he didn't realize how yeah. big it could be how big CGI movies were going to be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, he regretted this. And would later be Mike Wazowski! Which I think is far better suited for him. Yeah. It's far, far better suited for him. <coughs> suited his comedy. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yes, 
Tim Allen's a funny guy and can be funny as Buzz, I don't think it would have had the same sort of impact if it had been Billy Crystal. Uh, Billy Crystal is better known for having... Obviously, Tim Allen was a stand-up comic yes. and, you know, like the Home Improvement <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that was done by Tim Allen, who, you know, based on the comedy of Tim Allen, blah, blah, blah. But Billy Crystal would, like, you know, I think there's, like, live DVDs of Billy Crystal. And he was an improviser and all. Obviously, he was in, like, Analyze This and Analyze That, and he was in, like, Epic loads... Babies. He was in, like, loads of comedy films. Um, and Harry Met Sally, for example, you know, so that's I why... I do my expression of that. <laughs> um, um, but obviously, you know, that's where, you know, he's with another comedy guy and John Goodman, you know, because he was in, like, Roseanne and, you know, King Ralph and Flintstones and all that kind of stuff. I like John Goodman. I do too. He's a pretty cool guy. But uh, obviously Billy Crystal got back with Monsters, Inc. and was epically funny in it. Um, so much so that they're finally bringing out Monsters, Inc. 2. It not next year but 2012 they're working on it and if you can find it track it down on the internet because it's quite funny obviously the running joke in Monsters Inc. was the fact that Mike kept getting obscured in pictures yeah. and adverts and all that yeah. sort of in the poster for Monsters Inc. 2 you know, it has Monsters Inc. Yeah. and the two's blocking Mike <laughs> so you just see him like with his hands up doing the peace sign you know, for two yeah. but he's stuck behind the two and then you just see you know, Sully. Sully standing there <laughs> Um, anyway, getting a wee bit off topic there. Obviously, with Toy Story, it's kind of... As yeah. a kid, you wouldn't think about it. You know, just think, oh, there's cool, there's cool. <coughs> but it was actually quite a risky business for Pixar to be doing a movie about toys because, obviously, there's so many brands involved. Yeah. So there is, obviously, there is, like, Hasbro, Mattel, and all that. But there was, there was ones that weren't actually allowed... In the movie, yeah. So his first one being obviously GI Joe, <laughs> which is a bit of a shame, but they were replaced obviously by the uh, Army Man. Of the Army Man, um, there's part of me that would have loved to have seen GI Joe in the position of the Army Man, <laughs> but I think the Army Man kind of had yeah. a nice wee dynamic to it, mm-hmm. and that they weren't, you know, kind of proper, <clears throat> you know, full size figures. You know, just these they could do like wee reconnaissance missions, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're tiny, yeah. Because they'd be tiny. Um, and obviously there was the original debate um, over Barbie. So it was because she didn't, you know, kind of... She she didn't have a very big part in these movies. No. Obviously she had her first speaking part. The whole... What was it? She appeared in one, but she didn't speak. But appeared in two and spoke. The reason was they didn't want... I feel sad for knowing this information. Uh, they didn't want Barbie to speak because they felt it would ruin the imagination of all the little girls in America because Barbie is meant to be an expression of themselves. <sighs> that it would ruin their imagination when they were playing with Barbie. Obviously, they just decided to chuck that out the window when number two it just had this wee ditzy bimbo. <laughs> Hi! Do you want to tour? Flipping tour guide Barbie. Um, was there any others that didn't make an appearance? I'm trying to remember specifics. Um, oh, I because there was something was it? Was it the company... Who was it did Rex? Who was it made Rex? Was it... Was it Mattel? Yeah. He said, I'm made by Mattel. Yeah. He says, I'm made by Mattel. And then Potato Head says, and I'm from Play School Play or School. something. They got Play School in there because they had the wee... Uh, what was it, The wee fire truck, the early learning stuff in there as well. And then had Mr. Spell 
in there as well, but they managed to get some you know, of the names in there. Obviously, um, Potato Head is also kind of technically Hasbro because he appears in Hasbro now. Yeah. Hasbro Family Game Night. Um, so they managed to get some of the stuff in there, um, but obviously there's a pile of unbranded stuff because they needed to fill out mm-hmm. everything because you obviously get uh, Buzz and Woody. Buzz and Woody aren't, you know, specifics there made up by Pixar. Anyway, this is where it gets rather scary, is when you break down the figures of Mummy and Break staff. down! Calm down there, Triple H. Um, is you break down the numbers of staff and the money that it cost to make this film in comparison to others of around that time. Cause God, obviously, don't compare to Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> don't dare. Toy Story in 1995 cost 30 million to make which is actually nothing for a movie nowadays yeah that would hardly get you a flipping trailer park made movie <laughs> nowadays um it cost 30 million to make 20 million to advertise it so they nearly spent you know, 50 million budget. yeah they had originally to produce the film on advertising it to good effect obviously oh totally um but they made the movie and advertised it with only 110 staff, which is pretty crazy when I think of over half of them were just the guys working on the computers to get the film. So maybe you know another 50 or 60, you know, in the producing and promoting of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas The Lion King, only a year previously, and we have to remember that was probably what that was one of Disney's last proper, you know, really. Oh, no, Little made. Mermaid was. What do you mean? Little Mermaid was the last, like. Uh, like done on animation cells. Oh, I sorry, that's I wasn't meaning the animated cells. I was meaning probably you know, you had like <coughs> back in Notre Dame and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, it was it was their last big film where they actually because it's still like one of the top grossing movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was was it, it was the first Disney movie to have a character die, wasn't it? You know, on screen, on yes, because obviously Bambi dies off screen. Yep, and um, Bambi's mum. Mufasa. Ha ha. Um, but Lion King, year previous, 1994, <clears throat> for an animated movie, cost 45 million <laughs> for drawing. For you know, for drawings, you know, you know, a lot of that basically would have just went into the salaries of people. So you're going to say you know, a salaries? Of, you know, a lot of pencils and crayons don't cost that much. Crayons, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Lion King. Let's go to primary school and paint Lion King. <laughs> Price true factor there. I'm, uh, Lion, Lion King was drawn by crayons. <laughs> Pencils then, <laughs> boring pencils, and all that. But it, <laughs> move on quickly. <laughs> but it was done by eight hundred staff. You know, that's a yes, lot of crayons. That's a lot of crayons, isn't it? Like, yay! Let's go drawing. Um, obviously, because it was an animated film, it needed a lot of staff. But to see what the guys using technology that was going to be considered by many in the movie industry to be a flop that would never be used you would, you know, would never break ground mm. to make it such an success with so few people was very very good I thought it was, very, oh, yeah. it was an amazing feat to actually do another huge feat was that uh, released in no- November 1995 it remained in the cinemas for 37 weeks that that's baffling. I know nowadays we see films in <coughs> cinema for quite a long time but cinemas nowadays even though it does really well there's still quite a high turnaround mm-hmm. 
Especially Back around time. December time, you know, if you release it then, uh-huh. you don't expect it. So 37 weeks, so that's 4, 8, 12. Weeks short of a year. <laughs> yeah. It's 15 weeks short of a year. It probably was out on flipping VHS <laughs> and video by then. Mm. You know, by the time that... That was probably the only reason why it went out of the cinema. If you'd probably just not released it on DVD. Yeah. People have probably still went and saw it. Obviously, yes, there's movies that have eclipsed it money-wise and all the likes of Titanic and Avatar and... Obviously, Titanic was the reigning movie of that decade, uh, coming out in 1997. But later, Avatar and the likes of Batman, all that sort of stuff. But 37 weeks still is a hell of an impressive thing to pull off. Again, stressing the point that everybody had been like, nah, not going to work. You know, yeah. hedge your bets. Disney, you know, don't put any money into this. Mm-hmm. But, oh, prove them wrong. Um... Now this is uh, this is where one of my major memories comes from is, of course, the releasing of the toys, the actual toys to the public. To call I don't those. buy. I don't buy toys ever. You don't, <laughs> you don't buy toys. Mm-hmm. Um, as we'd hinted at earlier, Buzz was obviously not produced in enough numbers to meet demand. Uh, did either of us get a Buzz? No, I didn't get any Toy Story toys whatsoever. I'm disappointed in you, Chris. <laughs> you let me down. I would have thought you'd have at least got like Slink or something like that. No. No? Why? I don't know. Well, was to get any, I probably would have got Rex. Rex? Rex is one of my favourites. Um, but yes, I did get a buzz for Christmas time. What are you? No. <laughs> I don't know. I did get buzz for Christmas time. Um, my mum and dad trekked high and wide. <coughs> get it? Santa. Sorry. Yes, um, Santa brought me Buzz. Um, I'm very happy with that. Thank you, Santa. <laughs> I still love you for that. Thank you, Santa. I love you. Santa, I love you. <coughs> um, yeah, I managed Did to get you a- write Alan on his foot? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Just write A L A N. Oh, I spelled it wrong. Oh, no. More crayons needed. <laughs> I didn't do anything with the foot at all. What did you do with the rest of him? <laughs> Did you cry on him in? No, no. Um, again, I'd mentioned earlier about it uh, originally being released. Originally being released? That's not right at all. Um, you wrote these being, questions, not me. being re-released in 2009 in 3D. It worked really, really well. Because it showed, showed the desire for people to see not only another Toy Story, but Toy Story in 3D. Because it managed to make... I think it was, what was it, 30 million in the US and 12.5 million in here in the UK. What, for the first film? For the first film. That's re-released good. in 3D. Which is pretty darn good when you think about it. Darn tootin'. Toot toot. <laughs> toot toot. A nice point to make is 100% of critics have given it a positive review based off of 73 reviews, an average score of 9 out of 10. Does this show originality, Chris? Yeah, because obviously it's groundbreaking. You know, like, if if Pixar didn't do that, if Pixar hadn't done Toy Story, we sure as hell wouldn't have got Shrek. Yeah. You know, and Shrek was a big deal. Fair enough. Toy Story hasn't outstayed its welcome, you know, because there was a big gap between the second one and the third one. Decade, pretty much. Yeah, where Shrek was just like one, two, three, four. And everybody got a wee bit sick of it. And it's just like, you know, I haven't even... I've watched the first two, I haven't... 
even watch the, the second two because it was just like it's the same. I one. only watched the third one when it came on Sky. Well, anyway, <laughs> but it's a case of you know, like it's groundbreaking. You know, it's the case of like say Star Wars is groundbreaking. Without Star Wars, we wouldn't have maybe you know Star Trek and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know. So it, Toy Story um, is a trendsetter, and it's one of those films that even though we've said you know like it's rough now to look at. It's one of those ones you can look back on, or you know, like with, like with my niece, say my four-year-old niece, she loves mm. Toy Story and she loves the second one. So chances are, Santa Claus will probably get her the third one for Christmas. Oh, bless! Isn't it just nice, ladies and gentlemen? It is. Yes. Toy, yes, it is. <laughs> Toy Story is 99th on the AFI's list of 100 greatest movies of all time. One of only two animated films on the <coughs> list. And if I remember right, is the only one Snow White or something like that? Probably is, yeah. Probably is Snow so White. So you're talking about a film from like 1930s? Yeah. And then there, but, And then that, uh, yeah. In the from top like 1940? I know that may sound like, oh, top 100 movies of all time and it's 99th. That may sound like, oh, it's rubbish to people. Mm. But when you think the amount of movies out there that could be considered... You know, in a top 100, it's all down to people's opinions. Yeah. But there's so many different options you could have for a top 100, and for it to make it in there, based again on the fact that it's a CGI movie. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's the only it was the only CGI <coughs> thing in there, so it was originally, you know, from an animated company, and Cinderella's in there. It's a case of, like, obviously this had to be pretty darn good to make it in there. They really oh, yeah. show it, and that shows it. Um, but it's one of those ones as well that, if memory serves, that the second one was meant to be a straight-to-video, but Pixar said they weren't yeah. going to do that. They wanted to bring it out in the cinema and stuff, which they did, so therefore, like, the second one. second one, in my opinion, is the better of the two. It's always one that you know, I would watch. You know what the scary thing about the second one is, you know... Andy Peters has a line, and I go, and I... Hold it! I'll have a couple more bikes coming from the terminal! <laughs> but is that the two because of that you know quick change of mind in the sense of oh, I was going to be straight to DVD and Pixar was like well we don't want it to be cack you know we don't want it to be it, <laughs> it was Dis- Disney being typical Disney and like hmm what was a good entity let's make a two of it like Hunchback of Notre Dame DVD. Jungle Book Hunchback of Notre Dame Little Mermaid 2 Bambi 2 102 Dalmatians how can you have Bambi 2 Lion King 2 maybe well, they did. They did Lion King and two, three. Simba's Pride, and three didn't. Yes, they did, did three. Um, you know, but Bambi two. It's just like right. This movie was made yonks ago. Right, we're getting off topic here. Sorry, um, another rant. Sorry. Um, anyway, at the time, it outgrossed. Um, speaking of recent past shows, it outgrossed Batman Forever. <laughs> oh well, sorry, I was getting mixed up with Batman and Robin. <laughs> that would have been understandable. Yeah. Um, and of all movies, Apollo 13, also starring Tom Hanks. No oh dear. Directed by Ron Howard. Um, at the time of its release, it was the third most grossing animated film of all time <coughs> after, surprise, surprise, The Lion, Lion King. King and Aladdin. Fantastic again for the first CGI film. A um, few last wee points. Uh, music, Randy Newman. See, whenever you say Randy Newman, all I can think of is uh, Family Guy. Whenever <laughs> they say about him, you know, singing a song, and they go like, Pretty girl takes an apple, chews it, chews it, fat man walking over here. That's all I can think of. 
Um, yeah, you know, You Got a Friend of Me is probably what's synonymous with Toy Story. Mm. That's, you know, Randy Newman, again, obviously, we've talked about Leslie Nielsen. Randy Newman also did I Love L.A. and Nick Gunn. So there's a nice segue between okay. them. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of... Now, it's not an album that I would go out and buy because it's... I find his music very monotonous. It's very, like, um... James Blunt, his music is very... Yeah, it's very, like... It's one... You've heard one song, you've heard them all, basically, in my opinion. But still, he has some very good songs that, when put into the movie... Yeah. ...fit really, really well. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, you've got a friend in me, um... ...is the standout one for the original Toy Story, and Toy Story in general. Um, but the one that, um... I really like from the first Toy Story is Sailing No More by him, which is the bit where... Without wonder for Buzz goes yeah, to fly out the it's window. Where Buzz is kind of... He's doubting himself and he's not sure, so he goes and he climbs up on top of the banister yeah. and tests himself to see mm-hmm. if he flies and he flies. And then he collapses and falls down You know stairs. what music I like? And it wasn't done by Randy Newman for what I remember. It's in the second one. Mm-hmm. And it's whenever Jesse is... Remem- whenever... Woody is talking to Jesse, and Jesse remembers. Yeah. yeah, that music, that music is just awesome. I don't even know what it's called. We'll find that out and discuss that another time. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> pizza Planet. Did we ever wish for one? No, because we have Pizza Hut. No, Pizza Planet would have been far better than Pizza Hut. Come on. I never wish for Arcade, a Pizza Planet. Pizza, just total fun. Well, it looked like free games as well. There was, like, no money being exchanged here. <laughs> and, like, who wouldn't want their, like, Slurpee drink or something dispensed from, like, an alien's mouth, like, vomit or something like that? <laughs> when you were a kid, it would have been the most epic thing ever. You remember, Alan, you're a hell of a lot younger than I am, so I don't remember what it's like being a kid. I was he's a old man. He's a grandpa. Yeah, I'm like that man who repairs Woody in the Zagon. <laughs> <laughs> but, in a way, I kind of got to see what a pizza planet would be like because when I went to uh, Disneyland Resort Paris um, they actually had a full blown pizza planet not huge but you know a restaurant where you could go and get food and, <laughs> pizza and all that sort of stuff uh-huh. which was pretty neat because I went to try and talk to um, a costume you know Woody and I'd, bonjour, and I'd be like trying to talk to it as you do when you're a kid and be like hello and be like blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and be like no response from it you know and be like do you understand me <laughs> do I have to pull the string in your back like <gasps> Roger M's rings ring dings no I said I love that two part episode I enjoy the Sarah Jane Adventures I wish Maria would have come back for an episode from Chris Sunday hello Mr. Sunday how are you hello how are you today um but yeah but we've already mentioned the human character, so there's not much need to go into there, and that forms the CGI. Uh, we'll round off, Chris, yes. by stating your favourite character. <clears throat> I've always had a soft spot for Rex, because it's just like, you know, he's a big dinosaur, and he just... Lacks confidence. He just lacks confidence, and it's like whenever Buzz is showing him how to roar, and you know, like up back and all that here, and you just you know you see him going. But um, I've always liked him. I also like the other Buzz that um, in Toy Story Two, you mean? Yeah, in Toy Story Two, was Zerg. I always find that funny. Go along, Dad. Yeah, you're a great 
dead. Um, but yeah, Rex would be my favourite. Um, for me, it would probably be Buzz closely. Well, no, sorry, actually, probably all the way around. Be Mr. Potato Head closely followed by Buzz. Really? I just love the attitude of Mr. Potato Head. Again, slightly jumping ahead to number two. I just like the fact that when they're going out to you know try and look for Woody and all that when he's yeah. been Um Obviously, he's now he's got married. He's clean shaven. Yeah, and he puts the mustache on. Let's roll. Yeah, just let's roll. And he just yeah. puts the mustache on. I just yeah. think that's class. It's like in the attitude time. Um, there's not much more needs to be said really about Toy Story because we've discussed it for like a half an hour here. We've actually discussed it for 35 minutes. That's quite scary. Um, I think it's a lo- one of the longest segments ever. Yeah, which is nice to see that it's. I am scared at how a team and Night Rider are going to go. We have to behave ourselves. <laughs> But yeah, we'll finish up with saying it's a timeless movie. At you know, it might stand up when it comes, you know, to graphics and years to come. Furthermore, <clears throat> but it will always be one that people will still go back and watch. It's a timeless movie, is what you're saying then? Yes, it's a timeless classic. <coughs> that is a pen, Alan. You're holding in your hand. Double crossing pen. Yes. So yeah. Also reviewed on episode something. On episode something. That's stupid music. Um, <coughs> Shit. Yeah. Any- what was that? I said shut up. <laughs> oh, right, fair enough. I thought it was something else. Um, and as we go to the creek... Uh, <laughs> as we go to Dawson's Creek! <laughs> as we go to the creek. As we go to the break, Chris, uh, West Hammer 2 now up. Um, see you after the break, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back with 18. Son of a... <laughs> Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince on Operation Retroshock. Thunder. Thunder. Hello, this is James Etock and you're listening to Operation Retroshock. If you like 80s cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not, then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc. Head on over to www.serialgeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. Go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. Shut up, fool! Back from the break, yeah. No, I don't want to do that. Stop! What are you doing? I don't know what's going on. It's, well, it's Christmas. Not, it's not as bad, but 
No, it's not Christmas special yet. Put that away. But I was playing Christmas music. That's not as bad as me nearly ringing Chris Jericho. The other <laughs> or awesome. actually ringing Chris Jericho and be like, Oh no! And be like, hang up. Um, that was the politer version of it. Or like, O-S-H-1-T. Um, I'd be ringing Chris Jericho. And he'd be like, in Australia. It's not, yes. not Australia, Canada. What's about A? What's that about A? Uh, yes. Four score and ten million years ago. That one's In 1973, a crack of unit was released for... Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> it's are you ready? We are time to go. <laughs> Has to be one of the best theme tunes ever. That'd be true. I don't think I have the other one on here. Chris. Stop looking for music. We have to talk about this. I know, but I'm looking at the segment that's like nearly 40 minutes. <laughs> that's your faulting. No, it's it not mine. No, it is. No, I don't have uh, Knight Rider music. Oh, Sorry about that. We will jump right in here with A Team. Uh, the pilot episode of the show didn't see Dark Benedict's face. Tim Dunigan. Uh, is that right? Tim Dunigan, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Tim! That was the original face, but didn't see himself as appropriate for the role. You know, Vietnam War and all that sort of stuff. Aye, because he said he didn't look like he had been in the Vietnam War because he was so young. Whereas, obviously, with the likes of Hannibal, B.A., and Murdoch, it's a bit of Murdoch, he's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> everything. Yeah, he'd be flying everything, going, on and on, going to Captain Cab in one episode. Captain Planet. No, Captain Cab, wherever he actually had a tea towel. Uh, around his neck and then had like a thing here and then had a sock pop up I kid you not that was an episode where he was called Captain Cab very similar to Ca- Cannibal Run and uh, Dom DeLuise uh, character was Captain Chaos dun 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 that's what used to happen Cannibal <laughs> Run was awesome but yes um, so that's why he wasn't appeared in. and I think to be honest with you in the pilot he is rubbish and Dirk Benedict is by far this. He'd be a lucky son of a gun. <laughs> I flicked something. I don't know what happened there. You got pen. your pen stuck my in pen. your wire again. My pen got caught. In your wire. <laughs> You're stupid. Seriously stupid. Slitherming. Again, another thing that didn't work out for the A-Team was the fact that Hannibal obviously was originally meant to be somebody else. Yes, he's a man from Dallas. He meant to be James Coburn. Yes, that's right. But uh, he got the job as Hannibal, but then he got a job officer from Dallas. <laughs> this opened the door. <laughs> I go, hi kids, I'm TV's Patrick Duffy. I mean, Michelle, I'm not dead, I'm alive. <laughs> this opened the door for the... Uh, would you say infamous George Papard? <laughs> George Papard, yes. Was Papard, in our opinion, a good replacement? Hmm. E- I think yes. he fitted the role a lot yes better. Yes and no. I think he looked a lot better, you know, in the outfit and the likes of, you know, smoking the cigar and all that sort yeah. of, and the attitude than I think Coburn would have. Yeah, know, but I think Coburn... They were, both, they were both that sort of, a, you know, the golden era of cinema. Sort of thing, you know, the older gentleman. But I think Coburn would have been better for the cast and crew. Yeah, well, yes, um, that aspect, yes. would have been. Um, because, obviously, we know about uh, the problems that were had with Papard. Um, I think he 
and was bigger than many a thing. But um, it's fair to say that on screen, he was a far better, you know, replacement and yeah. for Coburn because Coburn would have been. He's more of a bit like Dallas in the sense of, you know, more dramatic. You know, oh, but don't forget that um, Pippard had done Breakfast at Tiffany's, which mm. wasn't exactly, you know, a comedy or oh. anything like that. So, you know, I think it, you don't know until you've seen, you know, yeah. so if, it would have been different if we had, say, if the same thing had happened, the face that happened with Hannibal, and we had... Um, I was going to say Corbin Dallas there for some reason. Uh, Corbin Dallas, what's that from? I don't know. Fifth Element. Uh, James Corbin as Hannibal, and then say like next episode we have the part, so then we would have been able to compare. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it would have been easier. But yeah, but we're trying to we we're trying to compare like Dallas to A Team, and it kind of doesn't wash. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of really saying you know. I'm trying to think of modern day kind of thing. Say like uh, Supernatural or Smallville, comparing that to like EastEnders. There you go. Yes. Short running long. Right? Yes, we have it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but of course, we have to mention a certain individual. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Uh, according to Mr. T in. The I ain't got no plane. In bring Very well. In Bring Back the A-Team, TV show we're going to talk about... JLC! Justin Cullen! He'd be epic in this. He'd be epic. Uh, in the TV program Bring Back the A-Team, T stated that the character of B.A. Baracas, stands for Bad Attitude, <laughs> um, was wrote for him specifically and was backed by Stephen J. Canelli, the creator. He'd be the guy with the beard. Smokey Pie Beardy Man. Maybe the Beardy Man with the sunglasses as well. Um, was this a good choice? I think it's kind of a epically not surprising answer. Yeah, because then obviously this is why he was in Rocky. This is why... When did a team start from 83? <laughs> so then this would have been why he was in WrestleMania. That's wrestling. Yeah, he's ex. Yeah, but he was a boxer. Oh, he boxed. Because then he fought Rodney the Piper. Rodney the Piper. Yeah. yeah. Rodney Piper didn't care for that man much. But yeah, it was a good choice. I don't think you could really. You know, yes, we're tra- we're trying to compare the whole idea of you know. You definitely can't part. think of anyone at that time at all. No, you couldn't think of anyone that time to replace Mr. T. You know, like now, you know, like whenever they were originally going to make the film, you had like Mel Gibson was going to be cast as Hannibal, and Michael Clark Duncan was going to be cast as BA, yeah. and Michael Clark Duncan, fantastic guy, but still, I could never have seen him as BA Baracus because I don't think you could have taken him seriously with a mohawk. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're always used to Michael Kirk Duncan being bald, but I just don't think either way he would have suited a mohawk. Yeah, that's true. Um, not even a mohawk. I wouldn't have called it a mohawk. It was more just, you know, his hair shaved in the straight line. Central strip. <laughs> mohawk be more the spike it up stuff. Um, but yeah, Mr. T, this brought the whole, again, uh, funnily attitude to the role. Yeah. And it kind of, obviously, T was a big part of it. Um, and like you mentioned about uh, 
obviously movies, Rocky, all that sort of stuff. One of my earliest memories is actually of Mr. T. Yeah? And what it is, is I... If somebody knows this, please email me because I have no idea what this is. I remember watching a Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it was to do with Mr. T, but I remember Mr. T coming through the door and then talking to the camera about Christmas and then having a Christmas tree in the background. Hmm. I don't remember if it was set around, obviously it was set around Christmas time, but I don't know if it was like a Mr. T Christmas special. But Mr. T was and will always be the apex of the A-Team. Yeah. As soon as you mention the A-Team, you'll see... Mr. T, and yeah. then it'll be because of Hannibal, then Murdoch, and for me, I think Face would probably be last on the mm-hmm. radar because obviously, you know, Face was more like a ladies' man, so maybe like our age group would say like, oh, Face, you know. Yeah. Murdoch was more a wacky one, which would, which would appeal to the children and stuff. Um, but he. Uh, but also, even T can appeal to the kids. He was, you know, yes, he was angry at times and, you know, bad yeah, but then, attitude, but he showed morals to kids. Yeah, but then, you, you know, like you saw him more interacting with children, yes. you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then um, he obviously got his own TV show, you know, there was more merchandise to do with Mr. T. Okay. And then, of course, there was the epic Mr. T song. We'll get to that in the next <laughs> point. Um, but what you're saying here, obviously, is Mr. T gained a lot out of the 18. Yes. Um, this brings the point up to the fact that, as we'd mentioned, Mr. Papard, confrontations arose on set and outside set, etc., mm-hmm. between Papard and T. Yep. Because T, like we said, with the kids, with the public, was becoming the most popular individual on that show. Yeah. Papard being the old golden age of cinema guy thinks, you know, I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to be the star of this show. Everybody's going to want to see me, talk to me, you know, and I'm going to be, you know, it's going to, you know, he was hoping for it to relaunch his career. Yeah. Maybe so he could go into serious movies again. But the fact that T was getting the promoting, you know, doing advertisements, all that sort of stuff, even, like we said, releasing the uh, infamous, famous what could you say? <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Song of uh, Mother. There is no other. Like Mother. So treat her right. Treat her right. Well, your mama is Hold so... it, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't bring anyone mother into this. She ain't here. And if it wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here. So remember, when you put down one mother, you put down mothers all over the world. stories that you hear about the confrontations between these two is crazy because what was it there was something about what was it Papard said to him I'm trying to remember what was it that really it was really knocking T down so it was, was it like he was asked he asked T to get him something or something like that you know trying to you know nearly te- you know treating T like a slave mm. sort of thing which obviously T explained down the line about the gold was to represent the chains of his ancestor yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, this is where kind of we're thinking like would have Coburn been good in that aspect? 
would have been a case of Coburn maybe been a bit more respectful to like Mr. T. But then again, we say this. We say this, you know, could have even more... It could have been even worse. Could have been even worse in the sense of these were old guys who thought they were the bee's knees. Um, British saying, I don't know if Americans understand that, but meaning he's... Dog's nuts. Um, um, and would have either of them been happy, obviously. My part wasn't, but would have Coburn been happy with, uh, to put it lightly, a black person stealing his limelight as well? Hmm. Unlikely, probably. Unlikely. Yeah. Um, but the... Uh, Pretty cool thing about A Team, obviously. Guests. Yeah. And a certain uh, favorite of Chris's in the world of wrestling and other things is Boy George. Uh, <laughs> yeah! <so laughs> um, obviously, we had uh, Boy George in there, but wrestling wise, um, not only wrestling, but music and acting, also Isaac Hayes, most famous for in recent times before his passing. Chef? Isaac Hayes? You're damn right. Yes. Um, but obviously in wrestling we had such people as William the Refrigerator Perry, <laughs> Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, uh, British Bulldog as well. And um, so David my Kid. Kid was in there as well. And Hulk Hogan appeared in the episodes Body Slam and something like Trouble with Harry, if memory serves. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, which we watched not so long ago. Yeah. Which actually kind of spawned the eventual thought of doing this about two months ago yes plan ahead no not really <laughs> no uh, not we really. plan ahead and then we forget and we go like, let's do this we're meant to be doing this ah the heck with it we're spontaneous yes but yeah <laughs> the guest stars were a big part of the show probably Hogan I would consider is probably one of the biggest that was ever on that show then again it's a case of because T was in Wrestlemania obviously he was in uh, Rocky 3 Hulk Hogan was in both those events so it's a case of T was very Humble good friends with Hogan. in the flesh baby <laughs> yeah uh, the ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. Um, so obviously, you know, Hogan would have been invited on by T. Obviously, wrestling was huge then. So if you had Hulk Hogan on your show, yeah. you know, it's the same way as if uh, nowadays, if you have like, say, John Cena. Yeah, if you have like John Cena on the like the Tonight Show or something like that, or mm. Nickelodeon TV Awards, you know, obviously, Nickelodeon. <laughs> um, obviously the ratings are going to go up. Yeah, you know, so it's a case of that's what happened with Hulk Hogan. And the end so of the day is why they do it is it promotes wrestling and it promotes the show. Yeah, because a team would have been. Well, you look now wrestling. again at Smallville. You have you've had Kane in that, and you Just, had Batista yeah. in that as well. So you've had the likes of them appearing in other also, things. Also, I think John Cena has appeared in Psych, as is has has Austin, I think, as well. Well, like Lita was in Dark Angel, and that's yes. where she wrecked her neck. Um, well, was, yeah, there's a good variety of. Yeah, there was a good variety. There was somebody else that had appeared in another show that I forget what it is. Anywho. Um, I thought what was cool about the likes of Hogan being on the show was... Like, Triple H was in Baywatch. Oh no, HBK was in Baywatch. That's what it was. Sorry. I have to find this episode. <laughs> yeah, Jan Gonzalez was also in it, but HBK, more memorable. So. But yes. Hogan in a team was, was pretty class because... Um, was it Body Slam? Was, Body Slam was the first one, yeah. Body Slam was the first one we watched. Uh-huh. Uh, was the one where... You know, the A-team, a notorious team that's being chased down by the government and all that sort of stuff, decides, yeah, we're going to go and sit like front row <laughs> yeah. at a nationally televised <laughs> wrestling event with Hulk Hogan as the main event, who comes over and is basically like, hi, you know, and the cameras are there. But I love 
the way, obviously, they made it nearly appear like a genuine wrestling show. And mm-hmm. like, yes, Hogan wrestled on the show, and they used footage of him wrestling. Yeah, and they had Mean Gene commenting. Yeah, it was a proper interview. You know, it was a proper one for the show. Yeah. Um, but then also, I liked the bat, the bit, the bat, the bit. <laughs> you like the bit? Um, <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan took him to the T and whacked it over the head. Where you just see that uh, T and the team are backstage, and you just see Hogan walking up, you know, mm-hmm. just, ah, you know, BA, and you know. That's another one. The Rock was in that 70s show, as was Matt and Jeff Hardy. I think I'm done now. Full of useless information, I <laughs> Yes. But. Is I have it? I think one of the bits from Body Slam, I think that is the coolest part, is where T and Hogan go out in the van. So, isn't they're doing the big crazy jumps as only the 80s? Oh, yeah. Do. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny seeing Hogan. If you could see me do it, it's just <laughs> it's just hands in the air. It's like yeah. a shocked look in the face while they fly through the air. Ruff, ruff. And then there's obviously the fake landing. You just yeah. Like, Whoa, and they're seeing yeah. Um, yeah. So just basically bob up and down and swivel side to side, and you've kind of got it. But that was what Mr. T used to do when I was driving. Like a mate of mine always said, you know, like he could never hold the steering wheel steady. He's always like bobbing up <laughs> and down, and going, "Hannibal, we gotta go. Let's go, Hannibal." And you're like. What? She's sitting still. Hannibal's sitting perfectly still and he's going like this. <laughs> I don't know. Oh dear. Um, a big point we must mention is the fact of the crime they did not commit, Chris. Committed a crime. They did I return the library book. It was all a lie. They paid their fine. It's fine. Um, committed a crime via order from Colonel Morrison who was later murdered by the Viet Cong. The sons of Beach, beach balls. Committed a crime by the order of Colonel Morrison, who was later murdered by the Viet Cong, thus destroying evidence of their order and resulting in them going to prison by a military court. Later, we break out and all that sort of stuff, and hence yeah. where our story begins. Do we think this was a good plot device? Well, no, because none of it, uh, how many people actually knew this information? Is it not explained in the intro every episode? It says, um, in 1973, a military... Well, I don't think and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they understood they're that. that the, you know, they're after by the government. Well, yeah, kind of. Of they didn't commit, so people are going to believe that the A-team are cool because they left Mr. T and all, and they are going to believe the fact that they actually did not commit said, a said crime. They eventually find out this information. But if you can get in touch with them and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A team. How do you get in touch with them? If I phone 118, 118 and say, like, here, or the in Yellow Pages or any of your local listings. Sad times. Indeed. <laughs> um, van. You have to comment on the van. The van is iconic. Like, you know, that is. You know, Hannibal has his cigars, Murdoch has his cap, BA obviously has his jewellery, but the van is like an extension yeah. of the team. Yeah. You know, like that's where... It's the fifth member. It's the fifth member, yeah, but then you get episodes wherever the van gets dismantled, or whatever, or um, there's parts, you know, like there's one wherever they have to change like bits and pieces, or they put like stuff on it, or whatever, but it was just like... A really good extension of the team, and obviously we'll touch on Knight Rider later on. Well, which it was a believable vehicle as well that this team could have, like this van. You know, it wasn't an outlandish, you know, we're a team on the run sort of thing. And yeah. we have this really amazing vehicle that does absolutely all the bells and whistles, like Knight Rider. Yeah, Knight Rider, you know, specifically for its own thing. But that this team just, you know, 
ex-military blokes, you know. There's also a sketch in Little Britain where uh, Matt Lucas is dressed up as Mr. T <laughs> and he's at the gym, yeah. you know, wearing the dungarees and all and he's pulling the weights and then he goes like, oh, and he leans forward and he takes a drink of milk and David <laughs> Williams' character goes like, I've seen you somewhere. He goes like, you know, like, you look like Mr. T and goes like, who? Mr. T, you know, like from the A-team and goes like, I've no idea who you are. So, you know, like he says like, who is that guy again? And goes like, Mr. T and he gets in you just see like him in the window goes see ya and then he just waves and it's just the van yeah. that pulls off you know which is just brilliantly done <laughs> but it's just a case of you know like Starsky and Hutch or Chicks of Hazard mm-hmm. you know like they are known for their vehicles like probably vehicles, yeah. more than the characters whereas this it's would be level par. if you were to put if you were to put a picture or like I have a corgi model of it somewhere in front of somebody and say what's that from they would know it's from the 18th and it comes to the point that it's even in like the newer film yeah. I don't know how long for I know what happens to it but you know yeah air, air conditioning unit indeed sad times um, but speaking of the van and obviously the new film the new film we will touch on in a wee while but it was released like this Monday I think in the UK just yesterday so that'll um, be the 29th of November yes um, released November, yesterday please. shut up Happy Black Monday or whatever it was. Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Happy Black Cyber Monday. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Play.com, a very popular site here in the United Kingdom because it's based in Jersey where you don't pay as much tax for your items. It's, it's a lot cheaper than buying stuff in the shops. Um, was doing a competition for you to win an 18 van. I'm not talking about a replica toy or anything. I'm talking about as in a full-blowing Blowing, blowing <laughs> replica. That would be a nightmare to tax and insure. You know, this is the thing. I read the small print on it, and I I entered all that sort of stuff. But the small print says you have to tax and insure this car within thirty days of getting it <laughs> for us to actually give you it. And I was like, how can you stop me from taking this car if I don't tax and insure? It? I can go and make it sit in my driveway and declare it off the road. Just yeah. sit and watch it all day long. Like eighteen van nine. Um. <laughs> I don't think the competition closes for another couple of days, so hopefully I win. I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. Operation Retroshock on the road with Alan Price in oh, the 18 van. Be epic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just coming on next episode. I won the 18 van. <laughs> um, sorry, well, probably the next episode will be recorded before that would happen. But in, uh, <laughs> in like, no, you ever thought it'd be like, I won the 18 van. It's like amazing. Um, but uh, uh, if I don't win the 18 van, it, it's something I would mostly like to have for if say okay say question I, question for you okay. I'm going to come back to my point 18 van DeLorean DeLorean every time I rest my but, case but I would you know to own it would definitely be the DeLorean but for something I was thinking like if and when I ever meet that right woman in my life <laughs> uh, and uh, think about getting married. Alan Price, lonely house ad coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies. Um, but, like, you know, the way, you know, <laughs> the women have their hen night and, you know, the men have their bachelor's night and all that sort of stuff. Um, I would love to have one of those, like, you know, stuff hiring out the limousine and all that sort of stuff. Hire out a replica A team van for the night and just drive about going places in this van. Where we're going to help people get their like cats down from trees and stuff like they're doing Family Guy. <laughs> but like, stop! We help you. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. We have guns. We have guns and stuff. We have guns and 
guns and stuff. But yeah, everyone's something like that. Um, the kind of running theme, so to say, <laughs> in A-Team is the fact that nobody dies right until the end. What's his name? Ah! Oh. Oh, what's his name? Because he's really cool and it's in Bring Back the A-Team. Yeah, he is in Bring Back the A-Team. Um, oh! Come along, Christopher, you can think I'm thinking! West Ham are 3-0 up against Man United. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> but, uh, I need to figure this out. As you figure that out, I'm going to yeah. mention the fact that, yes, nobody died right until the end, but obviously way before the conclusion of A-Team, there was the... Uh, famous helicopter crash <laughs> and nobody actually died in this helicopter crash which happened to be a helicopter crash purchased um, from a James Bond movie Bond so yeah <laughs> again another thing that is explained in the Bring Back the A-Team program is that you see the helicopter crash and smash to the ground and then you just see the guys getting out of the wreckage Jacking General Bull Fulbright there you go thank you IMDB <laughs> You just see the guys get out of the helicopter and just, you know, pat themselves yeah. down and dump You alright, Fred? It's <laughs> just like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Fulbright was the only person to actually die in the A-Team. Oh, well, who was his daughter? What's my color? Uh, Tia Carrera. Yeah, Tia Carrera. Um, also, uh, Wayne's girlfriend Whee! in Wayne's World. Hulk Hogan, brother! You know, she's still actually quite good looking, even for now. She's like, what is she in her Hulk Hogan was actually born Terry Jean Belair yeah. on 11th of August 1953. Yeah, surprise there. You used Dwayne Johnson interested in Expendables too. No. Moving on, Dwayne. Um, <laughs> Dwayne. Dwayne Dibley? Uh, Red Dwarf reference. Obviously, A-Team was not just popular. <laughs> <sighs> what now? No, speaking of Wayne's World, what is it? he was in it. James Hong, yeah. Cassandra's daddy. Let me speak in uh, your native tongue. And then they do the delayed talking. Where <laughs> the, 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 the that's all oh, I didn't know he was in it! Barry Van Dyke was in the A team. Van Dyke. And my mum actually asked me if Barry Van Dyke and Dick Van Dyke were related. Way. And I said, no. Bleep Van Bleep. <laughs> bleep Van Bleep. Bleep Bleep. Um, but obviously, A team had international success. Specifically, a story you told me about the Netherlands. And another Papard and his egomaniacness. They Papard was sent an invitation. Oh yeah, yeah. To come to the Netherlands, thinking it was just him. Yeah, and then. But in fact, T was invited and all that sort of stuff. It was what was T and the. There's rest. a lot of like in Bring Back the A Team as well. You see, um, you see like Mr. T, Dirk Benedict, and Dwight Schultz all together, but there's no Papard. Yeah. You know, there's none of him there at all. You know, like there was magazine covers. They would approach Papard and they'd say, like, yeah, but you need to get T and the rest of the guys. Yeah. You know, like, what about me? No, you need to get them, otherwise we're not doing it. Is he cool? But exactly, it was yeah. Netherlands trip was the Green, uh, you know, uh, green, you know, like, uh, people say, like, green is the colour of envy. And green was, unfortunately, a colour that seemed to just go well with um, Papard. Mr. Papard. Um, so we know so basically of. Basically, the gist of that Netherlands one was Papard was invited. He thought it was just him, so he accepted the invitation. Mm -hmm. Then later found out that and the gang were invited and then withdrew from appearing. Mm. Which is quite sad when you think about it. It's just like it is. that one man could be so up his own behind <laughs> that it's to that extent. 
Um, it was voted, funnily enough. That's the guy you don't know of. Who? The guy Eddie. That's the guy who appears like in the later series, oh, like yes. series five or whatever. Sorry, sorry yes. That'd be true. That. Um, he was also in the film in 1904 called Repo Man. Alright, okay. Voted by Yahoo in 2003 as the one oldie TV show that people would like remade. God, and how many old TV shows haven't been remade? Yeah, exactly. Um, Get back to me that one, that one, Al. Dukes of Hazard wasn't remade into a TV show, but it was done into a movie. Starsky and Hutch was obviously done into a really stupid comedy movie. Yeah. Um, with flipping Snoop Dogg as Huggy Bear. What the hell? Well, sorry, that's that's going too far. That's you know, you've got Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson as Starsky and Hutch. Uh, nonetheless, um, Jessica Simpson as uh, Daisy Duke was pretty fine. Mm, yum yum, it's pretty good. That that uh, that remake, I approve of. Mm. I approve of that. I do not approve of. Johnny Knoxville being in that film at all. I, uh, Johnny Knoxville and watch McCollum from the night. Sean, William, Sean Scott. William Scott as uh, he'd be a poopoo head. The Duke brothers or cousins, even sorry, mm-hmm. Duke cousins. Um, bring back the A team. Here we go, Chris. Yay! Just Lee Collins. Mentioned it enough. Uh, we get to explain to them. Bring back the A team. Um, I don't think this was ever aired in the United States because it's a Channel no. 4 production. Unfortunately, it's something that you may have to torrent or find, <sighs> you know, from a UK friend or, you know. <laughs> but yeah, bring back the A team. The general premise of uh, here in the UK before Justin E. Collins was snapped up by Sky Television. Was it Sky? No, Channel 5. Channel 5, yeah. Um, he was more of, you know, just a presenter that would show up, or com- comedian presenter. Yeah. That would crop up on mainly Channel Four and Sky, mm-hmm. and do you know various different types of shows. He's done also uh, what was it? You know, he was Friday Night Project and all that. Done Friday Night Project with Channel Four, which is just a comedy show where they had a guest host. You know, like if they've had David, ha- David Hasselhoff on, they've had David Tennant, Pamela Anderson, David Tennant, a lot of Americans. Steven Seagal. That aren't in the Doctor Who one. Who David Tennant is? Um, he was in Harry Potter. Um, but that was what he did with another very good comedian called Alan Carr. But he also did like these challenge things for Sky, where he would go and try to wrestle or try to learn. Oh yes, 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 that's right, yeah. And be a clown and yeah. impressionist and all that sort of stuff. Um, but one of his finest works were what has been called the Bring Back Saga or series. Yeah, because he did that. He did the A Team. He did Dallas, Star where nobody turned up. He did Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Um, and he did plan to do a Star Trek one, but this was before he was snapped up by Channel 5. But you never yeah. know, he could bring it back. There was talk of him doing a Baywatch one as well. Baywatch would have been awesome. But and bring back Green But he could try and you know bring something similar to Channel 5. To, you can only hope. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. Uh, getting back on focus of Bring Back the A-Team, what the general premise of the show is that Justin E. Collins, our British Bristolian, uh, beardy man, as well. <laughs> yeah. um, kind of looks like what Chewbacca would look like if he was a human, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. Um, Are you Morla? <laughs> Morla? Are you Morla? That's a pretty good voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, my lover? <laughs> but what Justin does is he flies out to the United States or wherever an individual may be. He's flown yeah. to the States, flown back to the UK sometimes. Yeah. Um, but what he does is he goes out to mainly LA. Yeah. Um, 
for what is it, a couple of weeks, just two or three. Ten days. Ten days, sorry. Yeah. Ten days. Um, sets up base in a hotel or whatever and he, like creates this kind of like <laughs> nearly like a heist, you know, plan. You see pictures up on the walls yeah. and all that sort of stuff of people he's trying to target and he runs it through, you know, with you. He says, right, we're going to try and meet up with such and such and such and such and such and such from a team. So, you know, Dirk Benedict, you know, obviously can't meet Hannibal and all that sort of stuff, but that's a funny side to the story. <laughs> yeah. um, and Mr. T and all, obviously, he makes he stresses the point of T will be extremely hard to get to. Yeah, because everyone he gets, the likes of Jack Ng and, uh, you know, Dwight Schultz yeah. and um, Dirk Benedict, you know, he says, no, you know, they'll say, would you want to come back to reunion? Because the whole premise of this is to try and get them all reunited. To see you know. each other. And is it, so they can see nice each other. Time. So everyone says, have you got tea? And she's like, no. Is he going to be hard? He could like, and I think it was Dirk Benedict said to him, you've probably got a better chance of getting Papard. And Papard is dead. Yeah. So you've got a better chance of getting him than you do Mr. T. But yeah. Um, he does, of course, get Mr. T. And this is where, you know, Mr. But T says some lightens and stuff. Which what the amazing thing about bring back the A-team and the bring back shows in general is and everybody who's probably listening to this in the States doesn't realise it's not like Justin's went to the States and pre-arranged to go and see everybody you know yeah. go see Dwight Schultz and to go see Dirk Benedict and Mr. T and all that sort of stuff he is doing this blind he is going to the United States just takes the flight over he goes for example to ambush these people for example Dwight Schultz is in the middle of doing a voice over whenever he actually parches in and talks yeah. to him basically what he does is he sends one of the production crew maybe to the front doors of the office you know important place obviously where you know like Dwight Schultz is doing a recording yeah uh, security are standing there and what he does is he gets the guy to signal when the security isn't looking they shoot off across the road you know just Nick Collins and about probably cameraman and sound guys in tow yeah. run towards the front and the other you guy see, like distracts them and he, he walks in see security turn around and see them and go to stop them but the guy gets in the way so they get yeah. through you know up in the stair- up in the lifts before they even you know get a chance to stop them and then you know barges in to the likes of the sound you know thing or I'm sure the fine uh, Dirk Benedict was it to get Dirk Benedict to think he's yeah, he's doing the voiceover else? no he's doing the voiceover oh, Dirk Benedict Dirk Benedict. Dirk Benedict. No, he's just he's just in the hotel and he's sitting down. He goes like, "You, Dirk Benedict," and he goes like, "No, no." He goes like, "You are." <laughs> and then he gets like Marla Heasley, who played Street. Tanya Breaker, whenever she was like doing shopping. Um, Jack King, he actually Jack King was one of the nicest ones that he actually met, and um, he was actually playing golf. But it was, I think, the nice thing about his, you know, getting him was his wife took him to where his wife like yeah. down the road. Yeah, you know, you know, he's like, "Do you know Jack King?" And he's like. She's like, yeah. It's like, follow me, and you know, she takes him back to the house, and then takes him to the golf course. Yeah, and he's there playing golf. I think it, it was great. So at the end, at the end of it, everyone turns up bar um, Mr. T. Well, uh, not Colonel, in a bad way. He doesn't no. turn up in a bad way, as he explains. He wouldn't yeah. to be there. Colonel Decker shows up. Even Papard's son Christian turns nice up time. as well. Yeah, and then Stephen J. Canal Sorry, or whatever. Explain about the Papard thing. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> he went off, and he ambushed and got you know all the different various guys Schultz and Benedict and all. what he did was he went to this you know psychic, psychic that could talk to the dead <laughs> and he brought like a wee action figure <laughs> George Papard no more than probably about probably three inches in height yeah a couple uh-huh. of inches in height and he handed it over to her and she was like you know 
he was like, <laughs> he, was, he never wanted to leave the show. Yeah, and he, he didn't want to be, can- it was cancelled in 1985, and, you know, and he didn't want it to be cancelled. He'd go like, yes, as he said, and no, he has finished talking, that's it. He'd go like, done. he says, go away. <laughs> and go away. Done. So that, that's that. That's the story of Papard. Yeah, have a look on YouTube. Just type in "Bring Back the A Team" and see if you can see it. Um, it runs for about forty-five minutes, so there may be a couple of parts. But if you can find it on YouTube, or if you can get it by any of the means, if you're a fan of the A Team, watch this. It'll. This is where you find out about the breakup between Papard and Mr. T, and it so really on. Is, it's, it brings a good feeling about the A Team because not only did he get obviously the guys, but he even got the Kinnear who put the word in to get him two T. Yeah. Things who you know, it is his most successful one. Because like he's done the other ones, you know, like Star Wars. He didn't get to obviously like the Lucas or anything in Star Wars. They were yeah. just too big. But T was still huge. Yeah. Yeah to he's his Because the excitement on his face when I I hear T. Yeah, T's coming. T's coming. He's here. <laughs> and then he opens the door and goes, Hey what's going on? Hey yeah mm. And he's just like, <laughs> and he's a point of laughing. Yeah. It's awesome. But yeah, have a look at that. Yeah, it's cool. Really, really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Um, last few points are obviously the numbers that A Team were able to hit in viewing figures. Season one was ranked 10th in viewing figures in the States. Well, internationally, even, sorry, as well, I think. Um, 16 million. Season two was ranked 4th. Which is big, like, you know, because yeah. I would have probably been only behind the likes of Dallas and all that sort of <laughs> stuff back then. At 20 million, season 3 was ranked 6 at 18 million. And then it started to decline onwards into the likes of 4. And obviously the eventual cancellation. But it shows you the sheer numbers this thing was able to hit. Yeah. It's like... It's one, of, it's one of those... Number. It's one of those things that was on over here in the UK, like, say, about... Five six o'clock prime time TV, and you just don't get that now. You get all these stupid uh, X. Uh, yeah, you get like Harry Hills TV Burp, yeah, for yeah. example, uh, like X Factor and Strictly Come Dancing and old SH One T. Same old muck. Something different. No originality. No originality. Doctor Who. And yeah. At times at that, the modern stuff's a wee bit dodgy. Um. Right, move on because we've been at this for longer than Toy Story. Success! <laughs> we said we were going to behave. No. <laughs> I'm scared for Knight Rider and Jurassic Park. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Is that right, Dickie Attenborough? Attenborough, get up! Get that move out. <laughs> um, second last point obviously, 2010 movie. This was the kind of reason we thought to go back and talk about the original A Team. Uh, released here in the UK yesterday. Um, which I got on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital combo. <laughs> uh, which Chris has now knocked my DVD copy. He'd be like, give me the DVD copy. I want to watch that. So he hasn't got, got a Blu-ray player there. Which is um, but yeah, oh, Chris has not watched it yet. I know the general gist of it, but I, I won't spoil it from anyone. We've already spoiled that the A-Team van gets um, ostomacated, which is enough spoilers when it comes to that. Spoilers! But I do think, I did think they made a good Spoilers, job. sweetie, spoilers. They did a good job of the movie. No one, not everyone, will be happy with it. But I think it pays... You know, it's not trying to be a car, carbon copy. Uh-huh. Never could. If you're going to do that, you know, you need... Mystery. You get laughed at if you're doing that, that nobody dies, really. Mm-hmm. 
but it's a case of there had to be a wee bit more serious in that aspect of you know they can't just shoot around the place and nobody dies. People have to die. Yeah, stormtroopers for that. <laughs> but I thought the casting was reasonably good. Rampage Jackson, B.A. Baracus, um, not a not an actor, but neither neither was T really. In yeah, early exactly. Days. Yeah. Yes, he was doing Rocky and this and all in eighteen all, but it's the way it goes because I think this is what they wanted to try and get at with likes of B B A Baracus was not in a character sense but background sense was that you know he was fighter wrestler whatever and so it was Rampage Rampage UFC fighter so they were trying to bring that dynamic to it. Um, I think they captured the idea of Hannibal really well. Um, uh, um, yeah, sorry, it was Neeson, sorry. Um, I got carried away. I had a, just my mind went blank there, sorry. Um, Neeson, hometown boy. Um, How much did I know, don't you know? He's going to do your Neeson. See, <laughs> <laughs> Neeson. Um, but yeah, Liam Neeson in his Hannibal was a really, really, really good choice. Um, no bias here at all. Oh, Neeson. Interesting wee fact about... Liam Neeson, off, Liam Neeson in the 2010 movie was Liam Neeson had quit smoking 10 years earlier <laughs> so you know Hannibal smokes cigars all the time so or went you know in victory and all that sort of stuff so they had to get him tobacco with cigars you know with fake smoke and all yeah um, but then obviously um, you had Murdoch uh, which is Shapto Shapto Shop, you know, Copley or something like that um, a guy from District 9 <laughs> Who is South African? South African? Yeah, South African. Um, he really brings Murdoch, you know, the insanity of Murdoch to it. He really hits that good. He's like, not spoiler. He's like, we're watching a 3D movie, and then a Humvee, you know, smashes through the wall, sort of thing. Which, you know, you'll understand it when you see it, Chris. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'll not say any more in 2010 movie because that'll be spoiling it. Because I would get carried away, and I'd be like, they do this, they do this, and be like, everything explodes. <laughs> Okay, favorite character, Chris. I would probably say face. At our, Murdoch, our age, like you said at the beginning, at our age, face. Murdoch, Murdoch, I love whenever I was a kid, but Murdoch to me now, sometimes in some episodes, he just really gets on my nerves. <laughs> it's like I'm BA, and it's just like, shut up, fool, shut up. <laughs> you know, like, it just really just grates on me, whereas face is just like, oh, you gotta sign this here because look you know and it shows you ID and you know like you're all this here and it goes like hi how are you you know let's go okay. do this but yeah, yeah. Face <laughs> nowadays Murdoch was the fun when you were young you still get a few laughs out of him like sweetie yeah and obviously T stands out but you don't want to be extremely biased and just go Mr. T yeah is it? Um, Mr. T has such a part in it that you know he's the biggest thing in it and you know, it makes a team for you, but you know, there's like this. These other characters just add it for you. Yeah. And of course, it's going to have a really, really good legacy. Oh yeah, totally. Um, which is why it was obviously voted to be um, remade and all that sort of stuff. And hence, and then they remade it into film. Uh, but then we're going to talk about a series that was remade into a film, and then and like. And then it was remade in a TV program, and then it was the case of, oh my god, why did I make this? This is poop! <laughs> oh, 4-0. Uh, <laughs> Man United getting whooped, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, 
And I'll give him monkey's chill. Anyway, off to the break. We've had enough time on 18. Come back with Night Rider. Peace out. <laughs> and Night Rider will last approximately one hour. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vint and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. <laughs> shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Michael Knight, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in the world of criminals who operate above the law. Oh wait, I went into Zelda there, sorry. Okie dokie. Night Rider, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello, kid. How are you today? It's hard to remember the green cross curve. John Sparkly. Safe place to cross, then stop. Stand on the pavement, America. Look all round for traffic and listen. If traffic is coming, let it pass. When there is no traffic near, walk straight across the road. Keep looking and listening for traffic while you cross. Well, now we'll all remember the green cross code. And use it. Splink! <laughs> that is the uh, famous John Pertwee, the second doctor, explaining how to cross the road. Third doctor, actually. My mouth is... <laughs> my mouth is rough as a badger tonight. It's just not coming out with the right information. That would be brain, not your mouth. But anyway, Knight Rider... What is it, Michael? Devon. Come on and jump in my car. It's way too far to walk on your road. I know, but sure, what can you do? So we're talking about Knight Rider, the shadowy flight into a dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Michael Knight, also known as Michael Long, before he got shot in the face. Right in your face. <laughs> Twice. Mm-hmm. Cool like you, bay. In the background. <laughs> there we go. Glenn A. Larson wanted to do Lone Ranger with a car, Chris. Right. Why? <laughs> I don't Why know. You need to ask him. Not me. I didn't. I didn't have nothing to do with that. Speak on his behalf. No. You're from here. You look like Hitler. Thought you your wee microphone. Your wee microphone. <laughs> yes, this tall is over there. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you love that. Alan taught me that. Uh, but yeah, Glenn, a large stunt, wanted to do Lone Ranger with a car, and otherwise he wants to go run around, be like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and be like, you save everybody. Foundation for the law, and it's only recently after I watched it. New one that's flag foundation for law and government, hmm? which is an acronym for flag. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Is it a secret? No, obviously. Who's who's William Daniels, Devon, Kit's voice, Kit didn't want credited for his role as the man mad. He also never met Hoff till a Christmas party. Yeah. I find this amazing that, you know, the guy, you know, William Daniels, the guy who voiced Kit, never actually met the guy he was meant to be talking to. If you want to put a picture to Kit's voice, think of, if you remember a program called Boy Meets World, remember the headmaster in that, and you've got him. <laughs> it's also in something else, but I can't remember what it was. But I just, it I just find this amazing that, uh, you know, this guy didn't even take the credit uh-huh. for being such an iconic voice. Yeah. Because obviously, then surely he would miss out on royalties and all that sort but of stuff. But then again, with the new one, did Kilmer have Val credit? Kilmer. <laughs> he was born. No, he was credited as Val Kilmer as Kit. Too oh, bad. Typical. The man with no emotion. Perfectly the right person to voice a computer in a car. I am a robot. How now, Bronco? Uh, what? The Skeleton was tonight, epic long. But what was it you said to me about this story was that he walked up to Hoff. Yeah, and he went like, party. oh, hello, Michael. And he was like, Kit, how are you? And they said like, yes. Like he knew straight away and they were, yeah. all, they were just got off, you know, like flipping house on fire. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty nice story if I do say so myself. Nice, I like stories. <laughs> Obviously, Night Rider, you had the car in Kit. But... The most amazing man in this planet. <laughs> well, that's stretching it a bit. If we ever meet aliens, I want to send this man to speak to them. What? I want to send this man to. <laughs> if we ever aliens. meet aliens, did if you aliens say? ever come down from above and want to meet the human race, I want to send this. Sir, because you get them all drunk and then they'd all be in a good mood. Like, hey, let's go for a drink. I wasn't ever understanding that. But was this horse memorable? Most memorable role. This or Baywatch, Christopher. Well, Baywatch you obviously remember for a different kind of reason. Boingy, boingy, <laughs> boingy. Boobies. Mm. <laughs> um, but and, obviously, uh, also like life rafts and stuff like this sort of thing. There'd be uh, what you call things, the things they tuck under their arm, and they'd be like while they're running, they'd be meant to look uh, like automatic. A, and like it. Stuff they swim with in front of them and it'd be like giving them super speed Because <laughs> speed's what you need, speed. But um, I would probably say he's more memorable for Knight Rider. Yeah? Yeah, because obviously he has more you know, it's basically some of it is just him sitting there talking to a car. If you think of it that way. That is true, that takes remarkable skill. Well they're talking to some boobies. <laughs> Like, hey, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry, I got stuck in your dirty pillows. <laughs> <laughs> got stuck in your dirty pillows. Um, they're both really, really memorable roles for him because you see in Comedy Central, I'll have to lend you this someday, um, Comedy Central do what's called a comedy roast uh-huh. every year with a certain individual. Um, a few years ago, it was William Shatner. Hello. With George Takai. Yes, George Takai, wasn't it? Hello. Um, 
and then uh, this re- most recent one was uh, with his Hoffness. His Hoffness. His Hoffness. Um, and they like in the intro, basically, his outfit was the Baywatch Speedos <laughs> with his leather jacket from oh, Knight Rider. Goodness me! So <coughs> that's the way you got that. Um, and they had Kit sitting there, be like, on the side. And Kit was really rude to him in the comedy roast. He'd be like, Michael, you'd be another bleep. And I'd be like, oh my goodness. And he'd be like, it'd be like, Michael, I remember the time you threw up in my backseat. <laughs> like, honestly, it was something like that. Um, but yeah, for me, Knight Rider stands out more than Baywatch. <clears throat> but Baywatch was actually, because of my age. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> I don't know why my mother ever let me watch this for certain reasons but again as a child you don't really think about this um, I watched Baywatch as a child I don't know how I was let to you know watch I, I'm not going to use the word rubbish but <laughs> this program as a child because it makes no sense to watch as a kid um, but yeah when you go back and you watch everything it has to be the lovely Michael Knight in the lovely car it's kit. I was trying to remember the make of the car and it's completely slipped my brain. Uh, what does Kit stand for? What? What does Kit stand for? Night Industries 2000. Well done. And it stand in, like, the new one, surprisingly enough, for Night Industries 3000. What happens if there be a fourth one? I've been kiffed. Kiffed. And that would be what it would be. You'd have kiffed for Night Industries 4000, 5000, and then it get really complicated and you get the kissed. Kissed. If you kiss, it be the night industry 6,000. And then, the same for seven. See what the pattern go on here? There'd be like two for each one. And then, uh, eight would be a bit odder because it'd be, it would almost be like kite. <laughs> be like a German word. Kite. 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 I'm, uh, Morgan Michael. <laughs> but then, and then if you got the last one, it'd be net. Kent. Can it? <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Yeah, that's not, Again, another program that achieved international success. Bit like, Ma- bit, bit like Michael in the singing career. Big hit in Germany. Big hit in Germany. Sang when the Berlin, Berlin Wall came down. He did. I was looking for freedom. That's what he sang. As the wall came down. Surprisingly yeah. enough. And then he had like a jacket on which was meant to illuminate, like have lights, but it didn't work. It failed. Um... It had international success everywhere from Argentina to the UK. I could just imagine seeing Knight Rider in Argentina. But more so than any, it was shown in Taiwan and it was called Thunder Car. <laughs> Thunder. Thunder. Thunder Car. Go. It's quite wrong. <laughs> but would, could you just imagine, like, the, like, for, you know, for example, Taiwan voicing over Kit? Dangerous man. <laughs> Dangerous man. Hello. Hello. Obviously, you can just imagine George the guy in the voice, like, hello, Michael. <laughs> right, of course, we have the car. Um, renowned for its many features, besides <coughs> its computer. You know, CPU, its brain, and you know, being able to talk to us. Turbo Boost. Obviously, Turbo Boost was one of the most famous gadgets. Which was effectively, nitrous oxide, but it was turbine and all that sort of stuff. Um, bring up your little app there, Chris, so we can check all the other features of Kit, because I'm sure it tells you in there somewhere. It'd be like Heinz Auto Manual for Kit, 
be like, right, this is how to uh, deconstruct your own kit. So we have auto cruise, normal cruise, and pursuit mode. Pursuit mode is when it transformed and then it had like little wings and stuff, and it, it kind of like transformed, so it did. If you transform A. And then whenever I do that, then that happens. You're not going anywhere. And zero kilometers an hour. <laughs> I'm waiting for GPS. Not the turbo noise. I did not know that. And the noise. <laughs> I did not know that. All you have to do is look at the monitor. What is it, Michael? I don't understand. I don't understand. I am the voice of Night Industry 2000's microprocessor. K-I-T-T for easy reference. A kit if you prefer. I am not qualified to overrule your wishes. That's enough but of my you <laughs> but yeah again it's another one of those things that is like Starsky and Hutch like the A-team like the Dukes of Hazzard the force will be with you always is that right Alec? <laughs> <laughs> is that right Yoda? sorry Kit did not make these noises no, we're not. We're doomed. <laughs> okay, Chris. Sounds like that. These are not the droids you're looking for. These are not the droids we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Yeah, you shut up. You're the one who's playing the noises. <laughs> Do the noise. Um, next we have... Obviously, uh, two very interesting individuals involved in Knight Rider. Those being Carr and Garth Knight. <laughs> Garth Knight was just Michael Knight with different things. Different things? <laughs> different things. He had like a mustache and stuff. He'd be awful. But uh, one of the things I always remember from Knight Rider with Carr and all is I can't remember the episode, but it was when Carr like, was a truck. Yeah. Or something, and they crash Kit and Michael off the road, and you just see Kit's lying there, <laughs> just on the side, and Michael's underneath trying to fix Kit, and it's like, will it work? Will it work? And it's just like, you know, there's he's like, oh no, no turbo, and it's like, I was like, oh, how sad for you, you don't get to go to like 300 mile an hour, do you? No, it's terrible. But yeah, Kit's all sad, and it's like, I'm on my side. Please. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Um, but obviously Carr and Garth Knight also were uh, the reasoning for a future video game. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, Chris. Talk about the video game. They were awful. The video game was class. They were awful. Okay, fair enough. Did you actually buy them? No. No. Well, then, shut up. No, I didn't buy them. I rented them. I was just like, oh, my Lord. These are just awful. Mike, come on. Give me an example of how awful it was. Think of the worst game you've ever played. Multiply it by ten. No, I highly doubt that. Oh yes, believe me. I am disappointed. Uh, excuse me. Pardon you. Pardon me. Pardon me. Uh, that was a bit of a dirty one. <laughs> what the? Um, Night Rider 2000 Noodle. was released in 1991. Served as a TV pilot, but was not picked up. Why do you think this, Chris? <laughs> because it was awful. This is basically to do with a guy. 
in the previous, you know, series has had a car, and the car is the main, like, it's like his co-actor, so to speak. You don't see the car in this until near the end. You hear Kit through, like, a little friggin' stupid voice box thing <laughs> until he's actually put the car together because they're worried that Kit's memory may be erased or something like that, and it's just truly awful. And, uh, again, it's one of the worst things that I've so seen. So in other words, they were trying to tempt people with, oh, look, this is Knight Rider, come back and you'll get to see Kit again. Yeah, and then you saw, like, this big shiny red car, and it was just like, you're just like, no, that's not Kit. Kit is the black Trans Am Mm -hmm. that you've known to love that has the red light flashing. Kind of thing. Um, But no, it was awful. If you have a spare, (laughs) if you have a spare hour and a half, and you want to be amused by some really awesome cheese, then watch that. Good show. Not really. Yep, no. Be uh, sort of switch your brain off and watch, and just kind of go into sort of something stare. similar to Masses of the Universe live action film with Dolph Lundgren, which is terrible. The Although having said that, as soon as I have said this, I've just remembered that I'm doing a commentary with James Sawyer and Dylan Cook on Masses of the Universe Chronicles based on this. That'll be interesting. He-Man on the Masses of the Kentucky Fried Chicken Hunters. Yeah, Popeye's chicken. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, Popeye's chicken is awesome. Of course, the iconic music of Night <laughs> I think this is more than more than many other you know show themes has probably been sampled so much. Buster Rhymes. What up? You know, there's like like you say, Buster Rhymes, but. A lot of what you would say, not artists, but DJs, for the likes of kids like Ibiza and, you know, these dance albums and all, will, like, what always tends to happen is they'll maybe start, like, the way your app starts, you know, there'll be noises, yeah. and that'll be the start of the song, and then it'll start, you know, there'll be, like, a beetle kick in, and then you hear the... And then it'll just kind of maybe repeat the start for a bit, and then it'll kick in, and then you'll have... Maybe Kit saying stuff and all sort of, and it all mixes into the music. I think I've probably heard it in like, you know, over probably you know ten songs or something. I got sampled mm-hmm. in there, um, and I can't really remember many others getting it. Obviously, there will be you know stuff out there, mm-hmm. but on such a wide scale, I think it really has got the iconic music for just. I don't know whether it's because it suits like dance music because it's kind of this you know yeah kind of it has that that didn't. You know, didn't, didn't, didn't. Yeah. So it has like dance music needs that beat to just yeah. keep going. Yeah. It'd be interesting. But um, sorry, my headset keeps falling. Your headset keeps falling off. Yes. Maybe you shouldn't be flipping like leaning to the side and be like <gasps> tired, sleepy. I've been at work since like nine o'clock. So have I. Yeah, but then you got to go home for three hours. Yeah, I watched, went home and watched King of the Ring, which was rubbish. <laughs> Seamus should not have won King of the Ring. King of the Ring is to launch somebody's career. So it should have been John Morrison. Well done, WWE. You suck. Um, <laughs> next! Um, well, we've kind of already discussed your iPhone app, haven't we? Yes. It's kind of seen an example of that. Fix this chair. It's all squeaky and noisy. <laughs> it's you, that's why. <laughs> uh, it ran for four series. Uh, four series. <laughs> one short of the A-team. 
both ran pretty much consecutively, thus making them big parts of people's childhood. Correct. How do you think that kids would have, you know, how do you think more than anything, not only to get kids' imagination and interest in the shows, how do you think these shows were able to hit such big numbers at the same time? I know over here we've got, you know, you've got Carnation Street and EastEnders as soaps, mm-hmm. completely different thing to the style of A-Team or Knight Rider, and they always get big numbers. But when it comes to two shows that have not a similar style, but kind of a similar outlook and, you know, that missions and mm-hmm. this sort of stuff, how do you think they were able to kind of coexist in TV without, you know, messing with one another? Not in the sense of, oh, Knight Rider and Kit's going to go beat up on the <laughs> team van or something like that. Um, well, obviously, if that was to happen, we'd know that Kit would win. Um, because the A-Team van is destructible, whereas Kit um, could take lots of damage. I just see BA get out of the A-Team van with a big rocket launcher and be like... Wouldn't make any difference. Um, I think it's just a case of what it was like at the time. You know, um, it met the needs then. You know, like now you have the likes of the Strictly Come Dance and the X Factor. That was actually very good. Which obviously cater to... The people who like have X Factor parties and then they go on Facebook and go like, "Oh, Toto Wag- Wagner or whatever his name is." Swedish Walsh says Wagner. <laughs> I heard that in a voice clip from the Sun newspaper the other day. Potato. Um, but then it met the needs of then. Whereas I think if you were to do it now, I think you would have to do it like early afternoon. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, in these day and age, I think it would be something that would fit into almost children's it ITV. Probably be something that would be designed very much for children. Very much like the Sarah Jane Adventures. Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh, <laughs> but speaking <laughs> of not how it speaking goes. of dum 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 I don't know. Um, <laughs> speaking of obviously what it would be like now, we did have the extremely short, not remake, but comeback. Revamp, come back and revamp off Knight Rider with, as we mentioned, Val Kilmer as Kit, a new car as Kit, and someone supposedly my Knight's son. <laughs> um, basically, David Hasselhoff went and boinked this other girl, and was like, He's a baby, and it's your son. And <laughs> we're like, It's your son, Michael, but he's not called Michael Knight, he also has a name. But then he turns into Michael Knight, once me. Also. I mute about the mic. <laughs> Surprisingly, when he is shot, also, he was getting a bit excited and I just pushed him up and mute myself there. Um, but yeah, so he transforms into Michael Knight as well when he gets shot and killed. He transforms and Kid transforms as well. Um, I did like the fact, and again, I will get ripped apart by huge Knight Rider fans. I'm a big American Muscle fan, so to see Kit. In the Is that form, why you like wrestling so much? <laughs> <laughs> um, American Muscle cars. Um, I thought it was really cool to see Kit yeah. as, even though his voice was Val Kilmer, um, as a Mustang, and see the way CGI worked in transforming Kit and all that sort of stuff, the way it was instantaneous and you saw yeah. the fins popping I out. I didn't like that. I didn't, Some of the stuff kept... on the car was pretty stupid. The likes of the big like four turbochargers that came out of the bonnet, flipping Mad Max-like. Yeah, um, but, but making it transform is just like it's just stupid. The, is, the original kit 
technically transformed as well. So you know, it didn't transform. It had parts that like popped out. Yeah. But then it looked essentially the same car. So this car was like a case of yeah, That's Michael, we are back. being pursued by police. That's okay, kid. Let's go to this like driveway here, and then we'll transform, and then I'll not know it's us. Yes, Michael, that's a good idea. I, I have to admit, I agree with you in the point of transforming into another vehicle. That transforming into another vehicle was not right. The transforming into like turbo mode and all that, turbo boost mode and all that sort of stuff, that was fine. But the whole idea of Mustang could turn into like a big Ford pickup truck mm. was a no-no. Yeah. Um, it was there was pretty horrible acting in it. I must say. I remember watching the pilot and thinking, uh, and then it I watched. It's okay because then you actually eventually got to see David Hasselhoff. Like yeah, and then I watched like the the rest of it, and it's just like, it's just like it's a real, it's trying to be something, but it's just feeling miserable. I bought it on DVD for five pounds off Play dot com, and it still hasn't been watched. It's still in itself. Nostalgia is a wonderful thing, and if you don't hark back to what has made the show great then you will feel miserably epic burn indeed burnings I did think the remix and the music was cool at times but enough of that final thoughts Christopher yay or nay maybe super yay yeah I did I did enjoy it Knight Rider unfortunately um, well thanks to Bravo channel 123 on Sky Television um, they normally air they used to air Knight Rider quite a lot, but I don't Still have air occasionally. I don't have any DVDs of Knight Rider, whereas I have four series um, of the A Team. You're probably going to miss out on a lot of Knight Rider because Bravo's getting shut down over here and being taken over by Sky. Yeah, but it's like a, like TNA. I think is going to is going to like Living TV or some nonsense. It's moving to Sky Channel of some form. So you never know. Like you may find that. Night Rider crops up on like Watch or Dave or but something. But Doctor like that. Who, Doctor Who, the old Doctor Who, used to get repeated on yeah. Watch. So that is. So. Yeah. That enough with Night Rider then? So how many hours was that? We did. I was only twenty six and a half minutes this time. That's terrible. We should stretch out like Night Rider. Yeah. Is that yeah. Doctor Who? TV show? Night Rider and Doctor Who. And we we love it too. So segue, please, Chris, to the final subject of tonight. I'm going to find this one interesting. Mm, okay, Kit is basically has computer chips, whereas, whereas obviously computer chips make computers run. Samuel L. Jackson was computer tech in um, Jurassic Park, and then obviously Jurassic Park is the name of the next film we're going to cover. Yay, I got a mouthful of monster month. See you after the break. That's English for see you after break, or as an Alan, me hungry, me eat food. Bye bye. Hey, this is Chris Jericho and Bobby. You're listening to Operation Retroshock with Chris and Alan, the sexiest beast in the UK, United States Force. Since the beginning of time, man has searched the earth for evidence of its past. But while some have looked for clues to the mystery, one man has found the way to bring the mystery back to life. I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica, and I spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve here. 
on this private island, science has defied evolution. Where do you get a hundred million year old dinosaur plaque? Genetics has mastered creation. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. And extinction is a thing of the past. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Are we going to King Kong? None of these attractions are ready yet, of course, but the park will open with the basic tour you're about to take. Hey, look at this. You see something? Dinosaurs and man. Two species separated by 65 million years of evolution. Just been suddenly thrown back into the mix together. Jurassic Park. Pop. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Made in 1993. Yeah, I hate this hacker stuff. I cleaned that up. <laughs> yes. Incidentally, incidentally, the guy who plays the guy... <laughs> the guy who plays the guy that plays the guy in a computer room and I'd be like, the guy. The guy who has glasses. Has Nidri. Dennis Needry, he'd be in Toy Story 2. Indeed, as Big Al's Toy Barn guy, who looks exactly like him. Exactly. And then he gets his fingers licked by Bullseye because he has cheesy waters on his fingers. Cheesy poofs. Get him a cheesy poofs. Sweet. Sweet. Um, Mid-1993, based off Michael Crichton's novel. Crichton, is it not? Crichton, Crichton. I can't pronounce it really well. I just pronounce what I see on the page. <laughs> okay. Comes to names. I should go and do this research about how they're pronounced first, but I don't really bother. Michael Crichton. Another man who has sadly passed away. What is it with all these great people that are passing away? Um, he is also credited with the sequels, as well as being the lead writer for the entire stretch of ER. 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 Er, is this known? Cause that, also, that... Which also starred the most amazing actor in the history of television and movies, George Clooney. Not. <laughs> um, sadly, like I said, Michael is no longer with us, but he was an extremely talented writer. Having read the books, they are a completely different style story to the movies. Um, because Hammond is actually a bad guy in the books. He's really like you know an egocentric guy. Yes, kind of in the movie, he's portrayed as, you know, you know, the whole, stop trying to bite your microphone. <laughs> um, he's portrayed as... Is this Richard Hammond you're talking about? Yes. Richard not, Hammond? Not, not, uh, <laughs> not Richard Hammond. John he said, Hammond. He said yes. <sighs> you get me confused. Not Richard Hammond, John Hammond. John Hammond. 
Um, Rich and Ambro. He'd be Dickie Attenborough, as he is called. That'd be his nickname, Dickie Attenborough. He was also in The Great Escape, so he escaped and he got shot by the Germans. Dickie Easy. Money. They come after you or they kill you. Okay. <laughs> um, the Great Escape, it'd be like... Um, they all, they all escape, <laughs> and like the British guys, they have like fake documents, and they go to get on a truck, and they'd be talking in German. <laughs> German guy actually turns around and goes... Good luck, and they turn around and say thanks, and they're like, "You'll be screwed because you just spoke English and you were tricked by the German guy." I'm like, ha ha ha, you're gonna die. Sorry, that's actually. Don't mention the war. Don't mention the war. Okay. Anywho, yes, talented guy, brilliant, very nice. Let's go next. Another. This is money point. During its release, it grossed 914 million. 914 million? How much of that do we get for covering Jurassic Park? <laughs> the highest grossing film of that time, passing E.T., which stands for <laughs> extraterrestrial. E.T. phone home. I remember when he used to do the B.T. ads, they were epic. B.T. is crap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it remained until four years later when a certain little film called Titanic came along. Titanic? Titanic. Titanic. Also, a ship that was built here in Belfast. And it'd be like, it'd be an epic ship. Yes, it went on to crash, but as a t-shirt <laughs> been released, it says, it was okay when it left here. The only reason it crashed is because it drove by an Englishman. That's why it crashed. It was built fine, but an Englishman had to go to sleep and leave his people in charge and they'd be like oh no iceberg what we do is we're going to try and steer around it in reverse which is the wrong thing to do um, so they steered and then it skidded up the side what they should have done is just drove straight ahead right through the iceberg and everything had been fine but then there'd never be a movie and it'd not be as entertaining not or entertaining that's like Gandhi that. that's like Gandhi he made one great film he never saw him again oh <laughs> I love that trigger bad. joke I love that trigger uh, joke but yeah it is still um, 15th highest grossing movie of all time. Need Raider. Um, with, with a budget of only 63 million, this was a huge success. Because, like, if you think, what's that? That's over what's that? 15 times its budget it made back in profit. That's it's crazy again. Though it was the use of CGI and all. What does CGI sound for again? Computer graphics, something. In it. Other. <laughs> Computer graphics, in it. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird that all these films we're going back and speaking to, speaking to. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hello, Jurassic Park. How are you today?" <laughs> I can't remember many times we're going. <laughs> it sounds more like a cow. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> You're talking about whenever you went back and talked to these films. Hello, Toy Story. How are you? Um, I'm a potato. <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say was, it's funny that these movies that we're going back and talking about is... Um, talking to. Talking to. Um, had a reasonably small budget, but then went on and made millions and millions of pounds. Because <laughs> if you think about it like this, that was $914 million in 1993 dollars. So if you were to adjust that for inflation, that probably made more money than Dark Knight did. And that's saying something. Dark Knight made just over $1 billion. Stop chewing! It's distracting! So it is 
big props to again Spielberg I'm like okay Chris the cast please tell me what you think of these individuals okay Richard Attenborough <laughs> get them all fool he'd be awesome I quite liked him as um, I always liked Dickie Attenborough Dickie Attenborough is awesome <laughs> please stop calling him Dickie I can't. it's his nickname I don't like it why not I don't like Dickie Sir Dickie <laughs> I don't like Sir Dickie okay Richard Attenborough good pick for the position yes thoroughly enjoyed his performance I always love the first scene you see him which actually there's a few scenes I like but the first scene I always think is class just where you see um, Alan Grant and, and is uh, that whenever he's with the DNA of TNA no that's not <laughs> when you see uh, Alan Grant and uh, all they run into the camper van and you just see him stand there and he just turns around you know like oh you know kind of like oh yeah. and then he has the champagne and you just, you just see that and the champagne pops open and it's like we were saving that and he says you know, for like now, you know, for something like today, you won't regret it, something like that. Yeah. And they're having their glasses of wine, and then Ellie breaks and is like, hey, who's the jerk? You know, because he landed in his helicopter. Um, but it's kind of when we were mentioning about Papard and all, Richard Attenborough was very much, again, Great Escape, one of the older actors mm-hmm. and from a serious era, but he was able to bring a really nice and bright, you know, character to life. Yeah, but then, if you think about it, wasn't it him who did Miracle on 34th yeah, that's Street? Yeah, about to say. Yeah, so it was like a real great, like, almost grandfatherly yeah. kind of role. Yeah, he would have been one of those people you'd have just loved to have as a grander. Yeah. You'd, you'd just go and talk to him and listen one to him. Character character. I wish, one person I wish that wasn't cast, because I just think he's so dull, is Jeff Goldblum. Well, he's the next on our list. Jeff Goldblum. Hi, Jeff, Goldblum Jeff Goldblum is an individual. I have no enthusiasm. I just talk like this all the time. You done? Kinda. Jeff Goldblum is an individual <clears throat> that the flies. always seems to have the same tone in his voice, whether he's he's excited or he's sad or he's just explaining something. Because the one scene I remember in this Jurassic Park is. When he's meant to be kind of exciting, he's explaining about his background and what he knows, and like he's trying to explain chaos theory to Ellie Sattler in the car. You know, he's doing the like drops of water on mm-hmm. her hand, and he's explaining like, you know, he drops the first drop and it runs down her hand. And he says, you know, where do you think the next one's going? And she thinks the same end, but it doesn't. That sort of. And you see him, and he kind of cracks a smile for like point five of a second, and like, huh. stops <laughs> because he's breaking out of his comfort zone. I just, I've never liked Jeff Goldblum. I just, I couldn't believe Frank Skinner did a great impression of, of Jeff Goldblum on his podcast. Which you know, I thought hilarious. Jurassic Park 2 was an okay movie. <sighs> but had no. him, you know, as the head of it, was just like, ugh. I like the fact that William H. Macy was in the third one. Yeah. I quite like him. I think he's a good actor. Jeff Goldblum, not so much. Poop off. <laughs> I was Jeff Goldblum was the one who was eating toilet. Jeff Goldblum out in the toilet. He nearly was sure he was the one that was flipping brushed away and he landed under the palm trees. Third man on the list we have is Sam Neill. Uh, yeah, I quite like him. I think he is a class guy. And I Inner Space was a great film. Yes. I, <laughs> sorry, I was nodding my head. Everybody I didn't just go silent. I realised I was nodding my head and not talking. Um, Alan Grant is a pretty cool character. Not just because he called Alan and... Get people who called Alan absolute awesome. What about Russell Grant? 
Hmm? Russell Grant? No, I don't like Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you. Hello, darlings! <laughs> um, sorry, that's not right. Uh, Russell Grant's an astrologer here in the UK that Chris says he <coughs> with curly hair and is much older and happens to be light on his feet. Not not to make that sound bad at all. We respect all gentlemen, no matter how lightly you tread. Um, <laughs> what the hell does that mean? I don't know. No, nor do I. Just went off on them. Um, but yeah, Sam Neill, he had a really interesting character to portray, you know, portray in Jurassic Park. <laughs> Don't, your eyes are bulging out of your head. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, I liked the way it was the whole idea that he didn't like kids. Mm-hmm. And, that and then he gets paired through, up with those two. <laughs> that through running away from T-Rexes and dinosaurs, that he comes to love the children. And he'd be like, oh, and he'd be a happy, and he'd be... I actually got hot. I actually got ages ago from Dixon's not the garden centre but an electrical retailer the Jurassic Park DVD and Lost World DVD box set for £5 it was money it's well spent bad. it's not bad it's I not still bad. have it yes I have it yes Fair enough. yes I have it Laura Dern oh, no. obviously as Ellie Sattler <laughs> uh, um, what okay you kind of need an attractive woman in this and unfortunately she was not that at all she looked a bit rough when she was running about. She's like, Urgh, I'm tired. I'm gonna go fiddle with some, uh, uh, what you call it? What's the horned one? What's the horned one? Uh, Triceratops. Triceratops poo. I'm interested in this. What Can we please get off this subject? Obviously, you mentioned Wayne Knight, aka <coughs> Nedry. Uh, yeah, Toy Story Two. He was very good. He was. He was quite funny. What it, what he was doing, you know, but it was very. Very like a, it was very like a very um, bumbly character, you know. Obviously, he gets like uh, the. Uh, uh. You didn't say the magic no, word. I hate this hacker stuff. Also, I've cleaned that up yet again. <laughs> says bad word. Um, but Alan says course. I'm not allowed to swear because of the um, deep the bleep. Indeed. Um, and finally, Samuel L. Jackson. Whenever you mention Jurassic Park, a lot of people Don't forget that he's. Him in it uh-huh. you know it's one of those weird ones that you, see if that this film came along now uh-huh. you know fine ready he would not take it no but the thing was it's not like he hadn't done big movies by this stage but it would have been he'd brilliant done, he'd done like pop fiction and all by now it would have been brilliant that if he was cast where Goldblum was yeah he would have been a pretty <laughs> cool awesome. character he'd have been a pretty cool character because he'd have brought more a lot more interest to it yeah but he's <clears> cool <throat> at the minute. Samuel Jackson, he'd be Nick Fury. He'd be a pretty cool guy. And who was Nick Fury before? He was a white guy. No, who was Nick Fury before in the um, movie? David Hasselhoff. Err, I see where this all ties in. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's all the characters really want to touch on. Is that it? We're done with Jurassic Park? No, that's characters. <laughs> or, sorry, cast even. Sorry, as I look around the room. <laughs> Speaking of you humming the tunes, the music of Jurassic Park, done by the legend that is John Williams, who also did, surprisingly, Star Wars. Ta-da! Indiana Jones. See where it all ties in here? You've got George Lucas, you've got Spielberg, and they all be like friends, and they'll be like, Rad, he did Star Wars, so he's going to do Indiana Jones 2. He's going to do E.T.? He's going to do E.T. He's going to do Jaws. See where it all ties in here, people. Did not Spielberg be here. Spielberg be here. Did you do Back to the Future? No. That was Alan Silvestri. He'd be a cool guy, though. No. John Williams better. John Williams is the best. Better. What? Better. Been a cheer. <laughs> oh, dear. 
But yeah, the legend that John Williams did the music for Jurassic Park. <clears throat> I think this is music again, a wee bit like Star Wars. You know, there's always yeah, Superman. <laughs> Superman. Uh, <laughs> what is the theme tune to Superman? Hmm? What is the theme tune to Superman? There's many different themes to Superman, though. Okay, Superman. I know. I'm just doing random beats now. Sorry, don't want to do. This it. is because a lot of people get that mixed up with ET. Really? Yes. How can you get the theme for Superman mixed up with ET? I guess ET or something else. People get it mixed up with. News to me. Um. See? Hey, there we go. With the music folks, not anything else. But yeah, there's obviously there's the one big song that stands out in Jurassic Park, which is the bit where obviously they see Brachiosaurus and all that sort of stuff. That's the one with the long neck. The one with the long neck, they eat the tree up at the really high. Because you have that, and then you have obviously, it's memorable, obviously, the majority of the stuff. From Star Wars, <coughs> this will always be up there on his repertoire because hmm. you always hear it. You know, it's one of those pieces that if you hear it in like the background in the radio or something. Like, oh yeah, in the background it is. It, yes, in the background is one point it'll have been in here somewhere. Um, of course, um, a scary, scary point from this movie, like we mentioned, obviously with it grossing nine. What the lights change? Obviously, the movie grossed nine hundred and fourteen million. Steven Spielberg alone, alone, just him, from this movie made $250 million. I'm wondering, how much does Spielberg make from Transformers? I know. This, this man never needed to work a day in his life after flipping the likes of Jaws or Indiana Jones. You know, he could have stopped back in the flipping early 80s, late 70s. Yep. And just had a comfortable life. You know, obviously he doesn't direct really anymore. Was it Spielberg who did AI? Uh-huh. He did AI. terrible. It was a really odd... Oh, sorry about that. It was a really odd movie, AI. Yeah. Like, hello, my name is Haley Jawsmith, and I don't blink. Blinkety-blink. That's because the doctor said, don't blink. Blink and you're dead. And he didn't blink. Oh, no, I'm dead. Eating another jelly baby. We haven't had a single jelly baby tonight. No! Give me jelly babies. No. No, give me my phone back. No. I've had my phone stole. No. Aww. No. Give me my phone back. <gasps> you don't have a password. No, I don't. Why not? Because usually nobody touches my phone. Moving on. Oh, the basic man. plot of Jurassic oh. Park was... The basic plot of Jurassic Park was recreating extinct animals. <laughs> really? You mean dinosaurs? Yes. It wasn't a case of <gasps> the or dodo. Or to be specific reptiles. The, the dodo is no more. Let's recreate that. What did the dodo do that the something other didn't? I don't know. How much woodchuck chuck if the woodchuck would do it? Is that right, Woody Woodpecker? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but the idea between behind between behind up between behind the madness of Jurassic Park is Hammond. Wanting to drive a car park based on obviously bringing dinosaurs back from the primordial ooze, so to say. <laughs> Something like we're uh, talking about turtles too. Secret of the ooze. Or Power Rangers the movie. Ivan Ooze. Uh, for another day, maybe. Um, no. Yes. 
No, we're not talking about Power Rangers. If you're a fan of Power Rangers, why not check out Scotty Cash's from the command centre? Incidentally, if you're a fan of Turtles, why not check out Radical Retro Turtle Tortuck with the awesome Sween Halleck? But uh, Hammond really was wanting... He was kind of trying to get kind of, you know, inner child out and everything because he, he explains in a story that he run, like, way back when, how he got started. Was he, like, had, like, a flea circus? which was like motorizing, but kids would think, you know, oh, I can see the fleas, and you know, it's all about misconception. But he didn't want to be lying to people anymore. He wanted to, you know, create this place that they could actually see, you know, natural wonders of the world. That is not very nice, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fed up talking about Jurassic Park. You're one who agreed and said it would be cool to talk about Jurassic Park. Yeah, or near the end. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Don't worry. I give up, ladies and gentlemen. This I know I say it nearly every other episode, but see what I have to deal with. This is just, all he could do is sit and talk about He-Man all day if he wanted to, and then I go snore in the corner. Goodness, help me Do you all. listen to Master Universe Chronicles with your host, Chris Wind? No, I don't. <laughs> my, my sincere apologies, Alan. On him. We have to mention industrial light and magic. Yes. Obviously, obviously brought about after the whole Lucas and Star Wars and all this baloney. Sorry, (laughs) I didn't mean to say baloney, just (laughs) in general. This was used for creating the dino. (laughs) Being not a dino to test the speed of a car, it'd be actual dinosaur. Well, like Dinobots and Transformers? (laughs) Me Grimlock! Okay. But yeah, again, funnily enough, the use of CGI, computer graphics, and in stuff. <laughs> computer graphics in it. Uh, as well as using. You're talking about sea gas. Huh? Sea gas. Computer graphics and stuff. Computer graphics and stuff. Um, it was used alongside uh, mechanical versions of the dinosaurs. <clears throat> and I've got to dry through. Sorry about that. We um, <laughs> need. Stop coughing. Okay, Chris, any memories? Yes, I remember going to the cinema and seeing this with my dad. And you know the part where for um, Thor Dern's character, whose name I forget, um, Max Sattler. Maxie O'Reilly, we'll call her. Ellie Sattler. <laughs> Maxie O'Reilly uh, goes like, Oh, Mr. Such and Such, it's you. And she touches the hand. I mean, Al Jackson's hand would be all like, Oh my God. And then she goes, And I remember my dad actually jumping. And then I just started laughing at him. Um, so when does this film come out? 1993. 1993, so I would have been, uh, 2, uh, 15. Yeah. Airways. And I had that in my head before you got there. Nah, but I'm shocking at my <laughs> I was going to You were going to say another swear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know my memories for me was, obviously, at the stage, 1993, I was four, um, so I couldn't go and see it in the cinema. <laughs> it's, it's just like, I'm four and he was 15. It's like, oh. If we were in a relationship, Alan be my toy boy. <laughs> that, that's dodgy, Chris. That's dodgy. That's dodgy. How about um, that, my lover? So obviously I couldn't go and see it in the cinema, but when it came out for rent on VHS, but the video cassette, um, I remember we got a takeaway of Chinese. I'm sitting in the front room and it put Jurassic Park. Very on. similar to something else. No, it wasn't. Ye- no, this is very. Is this a story? Is very. Sim- 
similar to another story you said about you had a Chinese, I think it was Roger Rabbit or something. No. I'm pretty sure you did say that you watched a film and you had a, you had a takeaway like a Chinese or something. Um, I'm pretty sure you did. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> I was sitting there in front of the TV watching it. And then this friend came in and said, it's okay, Alan, we'll put the movie on in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I put the film on, was watching it when I'd got up because my mum and dad thought, oh yeah, Alan likes dinosaurs, uh, this'll be cool. Not thinking that it would be dinosaurs eating people and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I remember the flipping time that the T-Rex just burst through the toilets towards the screen. I ran out of the room screaming. I was scared like hell. I was just like, ah! Um, and I couldn't have Chinese for like six months after that. I was scared of Chinese food after having it. Well, at least I saved your mum and dad some money on Chinese food. Oh, some Chinese? Oh, no! The dinosaurs, mum and I really had a Chinese to watch in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad, but it is funny. I haven't said that, folks, in all the time I've known Alan. I've yet to see me at a Chinese meal. <laughs> Because you don't like Chinese. But then again, I haven't seen you eat Chinese, so then what are, what are we talking about, Willis? Well, I'm not actually a fan of Chinese nowadays because um, last few Chinese I've had haven't really agreed with my stomach, so. Yeah, so it gives you gas. No, not that it doesn't get uh, me gas, it gives me something else, though. It's not very pleasant. <laughs> Can we get off this? Moving on, um, it won three Oscars and a BAFTA, etc., so very, very good. It was voted, see, I was right, at four years old, I was right to be scared, because it was voted the 55th scariest movie, um, and the first encounter with a dino, the Brachiosaurus, 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 was voted the 28th most magical moment in cinema, I can agree with this. Also, what do you call a dinosaur with one eye? Do you think he's ours? <laughs> what do you call a one-eyed dinosaur's dog? Do you think he's ours, Rex? Ha ha ha. Um... Uh, it was also the best summer movie of the last 20 years, voted in 2010 by uh, the internet community. Which I think is pretty cool. I'd be like, it's probably a tildy. Um, it opened the door for many movie makers who had previously thought their visions <laughs> undoable. Yes, Toy Story had opened the door to CGI movies, but the use of CGI in Jurassic Park opened the door for the likes of, obviously, George Lucas to rethink Star Wars. Yeah. And go back and do the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, but also revisit, you know, like he had a vision yes. for the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star yes. Wars trilogy, and then obviously he went like, hello, let's put in this and that and the other. And uh, extra monsters in Jabba the Hutt's lair extra and all that sort of stuff. And I'd be like, the dancing one, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, nice noodles. <laughs> that sort of stuff. That's nice noodles. Nice noodles. Um, and then obviously there was Lord of the Rings as well. Um, which was Peter Jackson. Uh, funny enough, a lot of the the next two were Peter Jackson. Obviously, had Lord of the Rings and King Kong. <laughs> but then you had the most amazing film of all times of the 1990s. 1990s, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, Godzilla. It's Godzilla. It's with God um, awful as well. It's be called Broderick. Oh, it's terrible. And, and Gino. You know? Oh, he was great and. Ronan and yeah. then it's just, and Leon it's just like why did you do this piece of muck it's like Godzilla he'd be like a French man he'd be like sacre bleu sacre it was like I don't understand how the French were doing nuclear tests in the Bahamas that caused Godzilla but I'm a little tired I'm a little tired but fast the missiles we'll have an app then buy the missiles but yeah Lord of the Rings 
would never have ever been conceived before the likes of a Jurassic Park came along simply because again a bit like Star Wars about 50% upwards off the environment or the sets or whatever would be made up via CGI Two. all thanks to the magic of the people at ILM so final point in Jurassic Park before we get on to our rounding up the show and a two announcements <laughs> pretty sweet um, Chris, what would be your favourite moment in Jurassic Park besides, obviously, your dad getting scared in the cinema? <laughs> um, probably whenever... Dennis Nietzsche gets, like, to be tiny dinosaur on the road. He crashed his jeep into the sand. He's like, oh, no, I don't know where to go. <laughs> be like, spinning the sand around, the arrow be going everywhere. But then he stopped to get out, try and get the jeep out of the muck. And then it'd be like the da- wee tiny dinosaur with, like, the flappy fins <laughs> on the side of it. Like, <laughs> and they'd be hiding inside the jeep. And it's going... <laughs> <laughs> and it goes... And it fires like the venom in his face, and he's like, ah, and then he gets hit. No, it's actually whenever they're in the like jeep things, and then the gates open, and then you see Jurassic Park, and then you obviously see like whenever your man. One thing I like about that scene, and it actually comes from Goldblum, is hey, what did they keep in there? King Kong, and it's uh, obviously to the future. Email, and uh, then obviously you see. Um, Sam Neill get out and then he's just like he's fiddling with the glasses and he can't mm-hmm. take them off properly and then he like yeah. faints because he sees the dinosaurs and the dinosaurs like the first time he saw them we were like oh my goodness this is like have they actually and then there was, whole, actually a dinosaur? There was a whole big hullabaloo but like oh my god they can actually recreate dinosaurs and you're like shut up you can't for me probably favourite scene would be um, the end, <laughs> the end. Uh, one of the favourite scenes is <coughs> Hammond and everybody is in the helicopter and he's taking them, you know, in the helicopter to Jurassic Park and he's explaining, you know, you know, I bring, you know, the scientists, you bring the rock star. Uh-huh. Not about uh, Goldblum and all that sort of stuff. But the one, one of the biggest mess-ups in Jurassic Park is actually in that scene because, you know, the way you see Hammond and he's, you know, kind of see him, look, he's kind of staring out mm-hmm. and he goes, there it is. And he, you know, then it goes to the pan shot and you see them shooting towards Jurassic yeah. Park. Where he's sitting in that helicopter, and watch this when you, if you ever watch Jurassic Park back, he's sitting with his back, obviously, to the wall. They're both sitting with backs to the walls. But the way the scene is going, you can see the sky and the sea going from right to left in scene, meaning Hammond's back is to the helicopter's front. Uh-huh. And he looks out the window and he goes, there it is. But then you see the helicopters going, you know, straight towards it. Yeah. How did Hammond see the the island? You <coughs> watching like a wee GPS thing or something. Like that. But yeah, I like that sort of thing. But then also the first scene where the Velociraptors are introduced, and he's, you know, the warden saying, you know, they should all be killed, and then you see the cow lord in. Oh yeah. yeah. And then the cow's out. It's all gone. But yeah, Jurassic Park, finito. Peace on the Jurassic Park front. Do you want to do yours first? No, actually, we'll do mine first. Okay. Do my announcement first. It'll be like, major news. So, be a daddy. this show, ladies and gentlemen, is being listened to you from the 5th of December onwards. The next weekend after that, the 12th, is going to be an episode of Massive Universe Chronicles. 
as per usual, with my wonderful co-host, Christopher Windings. Also featuring Raw Bass, Sween Halleck, and what The Marvelous. What is that episode, sorry? It's um, basically going to be um, our discussion based on Christmas memories pertaining to Master Universe Stroke Pits as a power. I have some MP3 files from the likes of Wade Thurman and Chris Sunday, etc. And I also have some emails to read out during the discussion as well. From the likes of Katie Carty, Hiley, Kevin T. Smith, and a few others. He has this whole well too well rehearsed, doesn't he, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, I do. But then, the weekend after that, Sunday the 19th, is going to be the Christmas show. Obviously, the Sunday after that is Boxing Day, and everybody will be having a week off. <laughs> so we will. Well, in that, in that event, I do have a commentary to upload. I have stacks. So you'll get a little something anyway, but... It's only a little something, it'll be like a little... Your Boxing Day treat It'd be like your advent calendar be done and it'd be like you find another wee sweet that you accidentally forgot <laughs> be the commentary but on the 19th is going to be Operation Retroshock's Christmas special but well when I say Operation Retroshock I don't really mean Operation Retroshock do you not? no I don't because <laughs> for the first time ever <laughs> I'm probably the, the only, only time. time ever because I'll probably get destroyed by a certain community um, not for bad mouthing or anything like that, but just because I'm on the show, uh, <laughs> is the 19th of December is going to see, and let's see if I can say this, Chris. <laughs> you said it earlier on. Operation Master Retro Chronicle Shock. <laughs> okay. Say it fast. <laughs> Operation Master Retro Chronicle Shock. Do you have it in front of you there? No, I don't actually. <laughs> Quite impressive. I keep looking at the laptop. The 19th of December is going to see the combination of both Masters of the Universe Chronicles and Operation Retroshock for an all-round Christmas special. Festive goodness. Meaning that, yes, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time since we started, since back in, I think it was, was it February we started? I think it was February odds. Um, I am allowing that gentleman across the room from me, Chris Fint, to bring a full-blown... <coughs> He-Man discussion into the Operation Retroshock. Unfortunately, belt. folks, it's to do with the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, so I couldn't have really picked a worse thing to talk about than that. It sums up brilliantly because it's part of the Operation Retroshock thing as well. <laughs> but yes, the combination of the two, we're going to have that. What else did we say we were going to do? We have it wrote down somewhere. Well, um, we're doing other Christmas movies, so I'm going going to be... We're all the ways in there somewhere. I'm going to be discussing Scrooged with the fantastic Bill Murray. It's a pretty good movie there, right? Is one of them not Jingle All the Way? Is one of them Elf? No, I don't think so. Uh, Jingle All the Way is definite. Obviously, He-Man, Scrooged. Um, I'm trying to think think off the top of my head. Was it Gremlins? Gremlins might have been. Anyway, you know three of them. (laughs) Well... Get there. Chris can maybe even mention it somewhere at some stage. I don't know exactly. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good Christmas episode, and I'm sure everybody will enjoy it. The culmination... No, not culmination. Combination <laughs> of Operation Retroshock and Masters Universe Chronicles, meaning it will be going out on both feeds. It'll be going out on the Operation Retroshock feed and the Masters Universe Chronicles feed. And plus, as well, um, what we'd like you to do is head over to the Pop Culture Network forums... And post in there... It's forums, visit the store... All that stuff would be awesome. Sorry. Chris. And then go into the forums and Operation Retroshock thread. We want to hear. We want to hear from you what your favourite Christmas movie is. Absolutely, everybody <coughs> who listens to this show, please. It's only 
one minute, 30 seconds even, yeah. out of your time to send a voicemail. It is not difficult. It's Vinto316 on Skype. Skype, yeah. 30 seconds, not a long amount of time. Be you a long-time listener that hasn't, you know, sent us an email or voicemail <coughs> or if you're a member of the Pop Culture Network be uh, Rob Bass Sweet Hall like a Pixel Dan whoever mm-hmm. send in your voicemail of your favourite Christmas movie or even not even movie or present you got moment, yeah. related to a movie or, or a game yeah and so Chris what about your announcement well Alan as you will know our announcement is that we be going on tour we be going on tour Operation Retroshock be going to London baby and to London England and also we will be oh with the Queen Mother oh wait no she's not there <laughs> also we will be um, going to a Doctor Who exhibition Dang. so uh, we'll be recording there you know like whether whether we because we have our iPhones we record there so whether we be in like we were talking about earlier like iPhones going to be like the dictaphones yes yeah, so we'll be sitting in the airport going so well I'm excited I am excited Chris this is going to be the best it's going to be like ever. a diary sort of thing yes and then we'll be you know, we over. may record some video as well it'll be like plus the Pop Culture Network will be like Doctor Who and it'll be like <laughs> and there's a good chance we'll make, we, we may meet we may meet a very good friend of the show as well no that would be telling Oh, well, actually, sorry, I wouldn't be telling everybody knows we're good friends with them. Yeah, but that's kind of the unofficial guide to friendship. Is it really the unofficial guide? <laughs> yes. Available to buy at SerialGeek.com or Blogspot. No, Blogspot.com. Yes. So if you have somebody in your life who is a He-Man fan like I am, and they don't have the unofficial cartoon guide to He-Man and the Master Universe... It's like right here on the shelf behind me. Exactly. Um, I had a camera. That's too many pieces of paper on top of it. <coughs> um, so you can go there. Uh, BustedTunes.blogspot.com um, And at the minute, at the time of recording, he still has some limited edition cells to give away. So now he's a prime example because from what I've heard from the great man himself, he may not be doing this um, g- uh, giveaway anymore. So... Which one of the prints actually looks pretty awesome? It's the one of the one of Battle Cat. Yeah, so like that he's actually physically went. It was only a step. Was it only a actually, He actually said to me that all the lightning in the background, he did. He drew that. Whoa. Yeah. So that's that takes some skill. <coughs> um. Anyway, sorry. We are yes friends with GMT <coughs> talking that, but we are trying to get kind of get him away from the point. But the fact is, we will be going to London, England. In February of 2011. That sounds quite scary. February 20. If you think about it from tomorrow it'll only be two months yay um, but yeah we'll be recording just some various audio across the entire trip <coughs> that'll no doubt make up um, be it a bonus episode or depending on the amount of material just a full episode yeah and then some video footage perhaps to uh, show you our travels and various places we end up going maybe <laughs> Madame Tussauds or something for a bit of a laugh um, <laughs> Mr T hello be like Mr T hello <laughs> I don't know why he talked like that hello but yeah, that's the kind of that's the two announcements. Obviously, Operation Master <coughs> Retro Shock Chronicles Shock, Shock Shock, shocking, shocking, isn't it? Um, and then Operation Retro Shock going on tour this February, coming to a town near you if you live in London. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets so are not available. If you live in London, you just have a ticket to the Doctor Who Experience in the Olympia Two, February seventeenth. Uh, seventeenth is it? Yeah, so it's something along there, but. Yeah, if you live in London and would like to come and see the show uh, live, <laughs> live and in living colour like Dusty Road, um, <laughs> drop us a line. It'd be pretty cool. Yes, because I actually posted on the Doctor Who f- um, 
forums that if anyone was actually going to go on opening day to see if there was any Doctor Who fans to meet up. So maybe, you know, like if we don't have enough footage, maybe it'll turn into a Doctor Who episode. Indeed. Um, Yeah, with that, we shall bid you adieu. He has been... Me. And who who is me, are you? (laughs) Christopher Philip Fint. Christopher Philip Fint, and I've been last word. No, you haven't. Aww. Son of a gun. Alan Price. Really? Yes. I don't think so. Hi. Tune in next week. Hi. For Master Universe Chronicles with me, Chris Van Poo. Hi. <laughs> I want to keep that in. No! <laughs> I follow the day, baby, because we're all... We're <laughs> together. What? <laughs> it doesn't matter. That I have four jelly babies because we're all jellied together. Lovely. <laughs> jelly babies are yum yum. Operation Retroshock is sponsored by jelly babies. Because King's Metal Sand does fuck all. <laughs> there is no other than Mother. So treat her right. Mother, I always love her. <laughs>